Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 349 for the week of May 30th, 2015. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, owner of RPGamer.com, here alongside my wife, Chief Operations Officer, Anna Marie Privetier. Um, hi. Who does not actually, it's not actually an employee in case the IRS is listening. <laughs> Um, additionally with us, uh, Alice Wilkinson from England. Do I get to be a chief operating officer as well? You're a chief, um, you're a chief missile delivery technician. Ah. Which I hope is sufficient. It seems like a fun job to me. I guess. Yeah. Also joining us, chief E3 appointment maker, Emmanuel Marino. Appointment? Chief E3 official. Chief official E3 E3 administrator. Does anyone have fun at E3 anymore? I have fun yeah, at E3. People yeah. who don't have to... The guys who wait in line all day to win a free Nintendo DS or get a free shirt from the Sony booth or to... You know, all the things that you would do at a fun show like PAX that shouldn't exist at E3. So the people who get in by you know following Square Enix contests on Twitter? That's the first, though. Yeah, isn't it? So this uh, a number of companies, Square Enix among them, is giving out passes... On uh, E3, on Twitter for E3, um, I can't say how I know this, but I do know that there is allegedly some rules that they are violated by giving those passes away in that manner. However, as far as our re- our listeners are concerned, um, you should go enter all those contests if you're in the LA area and want to go to E3. Yeah, so E3 is giving out like what five thousand passes to fans to let people into the show. Yeah. Oh, E3 oh. themselves are. Yeah, I mean that's. Oh, that's that, the whole thing. Oh, that's the, the whole ESA thing. Oh, that's how they're out. doing it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. distributing those codes to various companies to get. And, and the idea there. is they're gonna. You're supposed to give them to like your 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 number one users, your your biggest, most important people, part of your community, and like kind of thank them for being a big part of your community and get them into the event. Um, well, some companies don't have as good a relationship with their community apparently and they're like well let's just give them away on twitter konami they <laughs> took their passes and threw it in the trash <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait to see what konami's booth if anything looks like this year i well, can't you wait. already got a preview last year yeah i, I know but it, and i expect it to be even more pathetic it's just not going to be it's going to be just empty carpet space yes it's just gonna. It's not even gonna have a carpet. It's just gonna be a block. Like, why is this empty? Well, because a company owns it, and they didn't present. And that's why you have to go outside to meet with some companies, because we can't sell this space that nobody's using. You know, I heard a good idea that that the ESA should open up Kentra Hall and just rent, sell that space to cheap indie developers. You know, small indie, small cheap space for indie developers. Hey, is anything new this year at the convention center? What with the ongoing renovations, or was all that canceled? Oh, that was canceled. That's oh, dead. seriously? Oh That's man, that, that is stinks. not going to happen. So, for people unaware, they were going to build a stadium on top of was it West Hall or South Hall? It doesn't matter. So there was going to be this constant. Uh, which is fun. It's funny enough they canceled that one, but one that's actually going to go through is you know where we go to the Sony press conference every year at the L.A. Coliseum, yes. the Memorial Sports yeah. Center. Yeah, that one is actually going to get torn down and be replaced with the largest professional soccer field in the country. Oh, cool! Private one, yeah. Private. Private. Oh, okay. The largest. Is there a public soccer field that's bigger? No, but I'm sure there's some pretty big public ones around. All right. Cool. Nice. So who knows where Sony's going to go because everyone else is pretty much 
stake their claims on on venues for I, during the Easter time. So I don't. I'm not that sad about the Sony thing. Um, yes, it's a huge venue, and I love the fact that they have. They just always have room to get extra people in because of it. However, um, they've kind of peaked when they did that thing where they had like the people playing the timpanis and they're raising the, the the background of the presentation. Oh, that was the best Sony and, press And everyone was just filtering down to play the Vita and all these video games. And then random, and, and then it. James Addiction shows up and just yeah. plays a concert in the middle of while you're playing games. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing. I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even make it in time for the press conference. I was just there at the end. I think no, that was that was great. You got to you got to go hands on with the Vita, one of the first people. You got food. Being able to see that 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 reveal and then just that was it. And then they peaked after that. They didn't do oh, anything. That's when they actually cool. had like the fancy food trucks, like the good yep. hipster food trucks, and they had like. And, but ever since then, they stopped doing hands on plays, yeah. and then they started getting like catered food. Like you started getting stuff like yeah. tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> bad hamburgers. Hmm. I think you know what it probably was. I bet you anything that was like the last year that Jeff Rubenstein was at PlayStation. Oh, you think? Yeah. And if you notice, now that Jeff went to Xbox, um, they're doing all the fan stuff that Sony used to do. Like last year, they invited a bunch of people to the Galen, a bunch of fans to the Galen yep. Center. Yes, they did. They yep. got front row seats, and then they got like big swag bags. And this year, they're inviting 500 fans to the Galen Center, and they're inviting them to the Xbox party afterwards that's taking place. Like during the Sony press conference. From 8 to midnight? Uh, I think they get a little earlier for like a oh, little fan. Okay. So, yeah, there's some sort of Xbox evening event. And they've always had these. Yeah, we were never invited. <laughs> but apparently so, at least a couple of us are invited this year. Um, so that's yeah, cool. This year I don't know so about weird. how that'll go. Some of us are in, it, it feels a little bit more scattershot where everyone's getting to go for E3 this year. Yeah. And some big people aren't even... Aren't even talking to us or ignoring us this year. Oh, who's ignoring us? Let's call them out. You don't want to say? <laughs> he's just he's just sipping the coffee. Like, oh, I don't. I didn't hear what you said, Chris. <laughs> Darn it! I want it. I want the dirt. Um, yeah, I'll give you the dirt. Okay. Not on a recorded format. <laughs> Do we have a square an invite to the Square Enix conference yet? Good luck. <laughs> I don't know why that's so hard. I mean, there have been, you know, in the past when they actually still had a PR department that gave a crap, um, you know, <laughs> sorry, shots fired, um, that Square Enix would have, would organize a press conference within the space of a day and we'd be invited to it. And it was like, you know, oh, we're going to do a press conference today. It turns out you want to come like, okay, we'll come. And what's the, what's the date on E3 this year? 16th to 18th. Ah, oh, okay. So it's t- E3 is timed literally before they release the uh, early access for Heavenswood, and their login servers promptly fall over and die. <laughs> cool. See, for fourteen, it's easy. They've got an, a, a digital stream going up next week, don't they? Something like that. Yeah, with the developers, and then they'll translate it to English afterwards, and all that. So, but I imagine. I mean, because I'm thinking that their primary E3 stuff, or at least. Um, the Heavensward stuff is going to form at least part of their E3 presentation, given that it's coming out on the uh, 23rd. Um, but I'm expecting, uh, even with the early the early access for people who pre-ordered the Collector's Edition, um, I'm expecting the login servers to be under a lot of stress. I was just wondering if the early access was during E3, which would be <laughs> hilarious, because there'd probably be a small protest. No, the, what's wrong with that? You, you, you. Be, first of all. 
there's not that many people who go to E3 versus, you know, the entire Final Fantasy fourteen player base. So I don't think it's that ridiculous. And you you put on a TV, you put it to a, you put a feed from game trailers or GameSpot where they're doing the live E3 interviews, and you play Heaven's Word on your on your computer at the same time. Also, um, most of the staff that deal with Heaven's Word won't be at E3. I imagine not. No. No, I no, mean, I'm... I you've you've seen it before, Chris. Most of the people that are working on the floor aren't even Square Enix employees. <laughs> That's a good point. But just to give you guys an idea, Square Enix's E3 lineup, and I just checked to make sure none of this was embargoed. Square Enix's E3 lineup, as far as we can tell right now, consists of Dragon Quest Heroes and Final Fantasy XIV. Well, they've split their stuff kind of down the this middle. For, yeah, you're right for the stuff that the RPG stuff. No, 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 no. It's just Square Enix Japan because Square oh. Enix Europe, North America, in quotes, they have like the biggest RPG. I like, didn't. I didn't hear. I didn't get an in, uh, an email from them. Nope, we did not. Oh, seriously. Oh man. So, seriously. So, so we have no way of uh, getting an appointment for uh, Deus Ex. I do not know. This is. That's what you're working on. Okay. Thank you <laughs> for dealing with that. Oh my gosh, that's awful. <laughs> but yeah. yes, I'm just saying though, but. It's it's they kind of split their PR departments and their stuff like in the, in half. So Square Enix Japan has their own thing going on, and then Square Enix Europe North America has got their own thing too. It is such a hassle when like your first thought about upon getting onto the E three floor isn't okay. Let's see what's new and interesting and and write about oh, that, it or get videos for that's it. Not no, the case. It, like let's run and get to these particular people and try and get an appointment by Thursday if they will just oh, fit no, us no, in. Oh, no, no, that's better. That's fine. Because yeah. I thought you were going to say, let's go and play the game. Because that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. That's not being the case before this, before it imploded. Yeah, now, it's, now instead of, now let's go play the game, it's like, well, we didn't get an appointment. Let's see if we can get an appointment. We can't get an appointment. Therefore, we can't play oh, the game at all. We've been pretty good before. We've, we've gotten to see lots of plenty of stuff. I know, but if you don't, screen. you don't get to play because they don't put them out anymore. Yeah, because there's just so many people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. And like the longest line is always for like, oh, there's an exclusive Skylander? Two-hour line. Well, oh, that, that, that was good. Hey, I'm okay with Activision soaking up all the crowds. Just go ahead and take them away from the rest of the oh, show Oh, the floor. Nintendo booth is the worst, though. Hey, we're yes. having a tournament. So for all the people who have nothing else to do, clog up the thing. Oh, or... no, no, no. You just you go play the 3DS games. There's never money lines for oh, that. Two years ago, uh, when you guys didn't come, it was, that was not possible because the DS games were in one tiny little area. And they were having a contest where Uh-oh. if you would play a couple of DS games, you had a chance of winning a, either a 3DS, oh, a, no. a stuffed animal, or like a, a gold Luigi coin. Because it was the Why year of are ju- Why are you doing contests on the E3 show floor? It's not so for fans. The line, I'm not even joking. The line just to try, just to play Mario and Luigi, the RPG thing, uh-huh. that was like four hours. This is ridiculous. Why do we go to this? But, but, but. It's okay, though, because there were women walking around with DSs chained to them. And if you were lucky enough to spot one, you can grab them and just Wait, 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 wait. That sounds like a crime. Well, no, excuse me. Grab their DSs. Let's take this woman and run away with her so we can play 3DS. No, 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 no. 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 She's not going anywhere. She's going to look at you, like, uh, impatiently and and with a weird look on her face as you sit there for 30 minutes. As you stand there for 30 minutes and make her stare at you play this game. That's kind of weird. People like this inside baseball, yes? I hope so. <laughs> All right. Oh, E3. It's coming up. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. 
Uh, is there going to be a pre-E3 show on the week before? Um, oh, for that, so I've got a I've got a conference for my church all day Saturday the sixth. So we'd need to do it either like Friday night or Saturday or Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. All right. So this may be the E3 show in case something nothing else comes up. Um, actually, let me think about that song. And so that's through the six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This shouldn't be the E3 show. I, I hope we'll have another one because I just got to imagine there'll be a bunch of announcements um, going up to E3, you know? Um, yeah. And then, and then um, we don't fly in till Sunday. Mm. So the, the 13th should have a show as well. Which All right, is good because cool. there'll be even more announcements then. Like, there should be frick tons of announcements then at that point we could ask people to send in their predictions and we can make predictions yeah well we kind of asked them to we do that them last week but nobody no we don't have them anna we asked for them yeah we have like six of them we have two we have way more than that chris. we have four that came from alex um chris what? we have six different people that replied to it where if I go to rpgamer.com slash twitter and I click on that tweet it doesn't show me those replies uh-huh so should we go over them well, yes. Okay. So Mike Maluski predicted Witcher 4, which I actually think is not completely pie in the sky considering how long ago they announced The Witcher 3. Except they they're uh, all hands on deck on Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's what's yeah. next. So, so I don't think so. Maybe not. So um, Alex had a bunch of predictions since I don't think he was able to be here today. I think he's playing something. Yeah, he said uh, he predicted a Mass Effect 4 announcement with Microsoft making a big deal of first on Xbox due to EA access. Uh, th- that's the big question I have, though. Is it actually going to be called Mass Effect 4 or Mass Effect subtitle? Uh, Mass Effect next! Mass Effect, we had an intention of making this, but we canceled it, too, like all the other Bioware games that we were making. <laughs> no, they doubled down on the th- on what sells. That's okay. EA. Is that what it is? All right. Uh, another Dragon Age Inquisition expansion, no, also first on access because of EA. <laughs> uh, Square Enix failing to realize how hilarious the Final Fantasy VII PS4 thing was and making a big deal about it again. Oh man, that would be awful. Uh, a first appearance of Cyberpunk 2077 by CD Projekt. Would imagine, no. <laughs> would imagine it's unlikely though as they'll probably want to milk The Witcher 3 plus any expansions for it a bit longer. I think they've straight up. I think CD Projekt has straight up said that 2015 and 2016 are the years of The Witcher. 2016 this year, is the focused. year of The Witcher. Like a year old game. No, because they have that big expansion that's going to add like 30 hours of content. They've announced an expansion. Yeah, the, the in the season pass. Oh, okay. That's oh, well, that, that that's a lot of content. Okay. Sony trying to pretend the PlayStation TV is a console and not at all related to the Vita. <laughs> That's bad. That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is Sony's going to forget the PlayStation TV and the Vita exist. No, 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 no. They are going to say, and don't worry, guys, we haven't forgotten about the Vita, and then they will never mention it again in the entire <laughs> in the conference. rest of the press conference. Although, just literally say, we haven't forgotten about the Vita anyway, and then forget about it. <laughs> Ubisoft comes out with something new that we all get hyped for before remembering that it's uh, Ubisoft and how well that usually goes. <laughs> I have a prediction. Yeah. A very famous YouTuber who will not be named will be yelling in my ear the entire time for all three press conferences. Yeah! <laughs> so, um, Shaman says, I predict Bethes- the Bethesda conference will not have actual gameplay, lest something crash. 
For what? Because they're for sure showing gameplay of Doom. Or do they mean like Fallout? Um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have someone on the stage with a controller, but have prefabbed game footage. I, w- I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Everyone does that. Or uh, at the very least, what they do is they do have the person playing, and the second there's a glitch, they switch to the person backstage playing. Because they're playing like in parallel. And that's <laughs> fine. I'm okay with that, because that's, that's um, just smart keep the show going he also says in general i expect to hear a lot about 2016's games mm-hmm. and he will also be tearing his hair out keeping up with all the nintendo coverage oh man we haven't even talked about what nintendo's up to have we oh, no not yet we'll they're, get to that. they're doing they're like doubling down on what they did last year basically which is they're gonna do uh, a media hour like before the show they're gonna do treehouse they're gonna do a nintendo direct and they're basically making all of those bigger so they are doing a media hour. Yeah. I haven't okay. heard of that, Anna. Okay. I don't think we're special enough to get invited anymore. Mm-mm. We didn't well, get invited last year. No, Manny went, I thought. No, no I went two years ago. Two years ago. When they invited okay. everybody and it was so crowded, you couldn't even move, let alone play a game. So I think they cut down that list in half. Yeah, we do know they have an elite media list. And so they probably just use that. Yeah, because last time it was just it was unbearable. I was lucky enough that I was standing next to Mario and Luigi, the only like RPG that was there to play that year. So I just sat down and played it for like twenty minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. No one else got to try it because that was the only station. So Jay Scarp also said E three predictions, realistic expectations. Um, Fallout Four, new Mass Effect. Bethesda announces, but doesn't show a new sci-fi RPG. Chris, stop that. I'm trying to fix it. Xenoblade Chronicles X gets an October release date. Yakuza 5 is playable on the show floor. And new XCOM. And for- Yakuza from who, though? From from Sega? Uh, Yeah, Sega and Sony are doing it. Okay, so it would be playable in the Sony booth. Yes. Yeah, because they don't have their own presence this year. No. why? I thought that was a brilliant move. I don't think I was on the podcast that week, or we didn't have a podcast that week. But I think Sega not having its own booth at the show is like a million percent smart for them. Because every single one of their games, they're partnering with someone else to do it. So why... They save time and money and frustration, and everybody still gets to see all of their games. Yeah, for the last several years, their booths have been kind of empty, and uh, like the the main thing was either like a statue of an alien for aliens, uh, <laughs> means, or like a big booth showing off all of the Sonic merchandise. Like, hey, these are some Sonic figures you and could I totally mean, buy at Toys R Us. It kind of begs the question: What's more embarrassing, Konami's booth or not being there? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Now you can't walk past Sega and look at their all their Sonic stuff and be like, "That's all you guys got." I mean, the funny thing is, is I. Now that I know sort of some of the basic costs that go into E3, I am appalled by how much money that they spent on stanchions that they never used. Konami stanchions? last year. Yeah, like the things that make the lines. Like oh. the poles and ropes that make the lines. Gotcha. Those, I couldn't believe how expensive those were. It's the union costs. Oh my goodness. And you should, I remember last year, like... Uh, like two years ago, Sega had a Total War thing they were showing off. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, it wasn't like a big year to sit down and watch like an 
like the second demo of an RTS, like the, <laughs> of a RTS about Rome. So they had the longest oh, one of those lines. It just it looped around like they were expecting 500 people at a time to want to see this thing. Yep. It was usually like two guys. <laughs> I can't even imagine how much they spent on that if you're saying that that expensive. Yeah. So, oh, right. So we're back to J-Scarp. Uh, crazy fanboy fantasies. Sony realizes it needs an exclusive and announces Yakuza 0 for the PS4. Ha <laughs> ha Yeah. Um, Nintendo announces a Miss Walker-developed RPG for the Wii U. Um, wouldn't that be Terra Battle since it's coming to consoles? Um, here's my favorite. Sony dredges up an old RPG IP like Dark Cloud or Wild Arms. I would be 100% down for both of those. And Exceed announces Trails in the Sky 3D for release in 2020. 2020. <laughs> well, at least it's reasonable. <laughs> That's the most reasonable fanboy. <laughs> um, I also got like a bunch of messages on a bunch of different uh, platforms that there's some rumors going around that Microsoft has bought Silent Hills. Oh, that's craziness, but hey, who knows? So it, here's the problem is supposedly the story originated from the same guy who said that Microsoft was going to announce a Connectless Xbox One. And that turned out totally to be right. right. And yeah. so it's one of those things that it's like, was he in the know or was he just lucky? And now that he has some notoriety... Is he in the know, or is he just yanking people's chains? Mm. It'd be interesting if it wasn't just a deal just to buy Silent Hills, but they're spending like a few hundred million to get Silent like all of their big right. Konami properties. And then that would be quite a coup if they had Silent Hills and Metal Gear and Zone of the Enders as new Xbox One exclusives. Right. And so the idea is, is that people are assuming that this deal is very rapidly being done behind closed doors to time it in time for an E3 announcement. And then we just see like a logo behind yeah, them. Yeah, it's it's a logo on a black background with a subtitle coming to coming exclusively to Xbox One. And yeah. people lose their minds. That would be something. So Hell, I, I, would... don't, I don't know how much weight I want to put into that. Hell, I would love if Microsoft or Sony just bought some of the older Konami properties that, you know, Konami doesn't care about anymore. And, well, like, we could just see some... Re- <laughs> hmm? Poor Konami is doing so much... Konami is doing gymnastics at the moment because it's like, hey, guys, we're getting out of the console industry to mostly focus on mobile and um, uh, arcade in Japan. And they delisted themselves from the New York Stock Exchange, which made perfect sense, because why were they up there in the first place? You know, it's the funny thing, though. If and you then, look at this, like-, like, two days later, after everybody freaked their mind about them going mobile only, they're like, no, guys, we still feel that consoles play a very important role in the market. Just not for us. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I can't even be mad at them, because... 
these people aren't charities. They're not like the they don't they're not the bastions of our childhood memories or nostalgia. They really are companies, and if they're floundering in the console business and they're losing money year over year, you know, after a certain point, someone has to write the ship and say, you know what, this isn't worth it for us to spend like five years giving a diva like Kojima unlimited money to put out one. You know, at a certain point, I understand the the calculation. And they have to say, like, you know what? It's just not right for us. And in that case, I, I love the idea that they actually are selling those properties to people who would be better stewards of them and that legacy than they would. I mean, I get it. If you're making money hand over fist selling our, uh, selling gambling machines or in your health clubs and then you're, you're spending years and a lot of money not making a profit making games, I get it. It makes sense to me. Yep. No argument here. It's just unfortunate that so many childhood memories are tied to the name Konami because that's the problem where we, we, we have – but you're betraying your fan base. Yeah, but how we can't serve you anyway if we're out of business. <laughs> so, uh, poor Konami. Poor us. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good E3 run-up. Do you think we covered everything? I think so. Um, I'm sure we'll have a more thorough run-up once we can actually start talking about some of the games. Because I think next week is going to be a lot of... um, Announcements. Uh, Big guys, little guys? Yes. Oh, everybody. It's going to be two weeks to E3, which is when we start getting a bunch of really big stuff. Hmm. Don't forget... E3 is a week later this year than it typically is. Yeah. Why? Do you know why? Because that's the way it fell. Oh. Huh. All right. Uh, I don't that know. sounds like a no. Yeah, I have why. no idea. I... <laughs> I'm just glad that WWDC and E3 are overlapping again. Huh? The Apple oh, the conference world. is not overlapping with E3 this oh, okay. year, so that's good they've done so in the past so it was like it was really weird for the tech for like a lot of tech and people when they're like uh which press conference do you watch sony or apple oh screw it apple <laughs> i'm okay with that because uh you know tech coverage of gamings is not always all that great no i, it was, I remember it was so funny when uh like all the tech press were watching the sony announcement of the ps4 Mm-hmm. And they were all like, this is the most boring press conference I've ever seen. God, it just goes on and on. And I'm sitting here going like, you've never been to a video game press conference, have you? <laughs> you've never seen one. This Sony one is actually better than most. It's actually pretty <laughs> good. They're telling us – they're showing us games and they're showing us the hardware and they're not talking down to us and there's no dance presentation or anything. This is actually pretty good. There's no Steve Jobs. It's very boring. <laughs> yeah, I was like thinking, like, dude, you you have no idea if you think this is bad. It's like, oh, this is a press conference actually meant to be announcing things, and you're used to ones that are meant to be um, sales presentations. Yeah, I know. There's a big difference. Like, uh, is that the funny thing though? Even most tech companies don't do an Apple presentation all that well, and mm-hmm. even in recent years, Apple has floundered on doing a good Apple presentation all mm-hmm. that well. So, uh, I don't know what they were expecting. It worked well enough for their watch. It did. It was a great presentation. They're selling it. <laughs> yeah. And I know you don't care about that, but certainly plenty of people do. Uh, obviously. Oh, what else um, do we know about A3? I will say this, though. Yeah. I am totally 100% sad we will never get another Konami press conference. One million. <laughs> <laughs> One million troops. Yeah. 
Wow, I, you know, I still follow Takfuji on Twitter, and every now and then he'll just drop a one million troops. Nice. <laughs> God, that was such a great presentation. I really wish I would have gone to it. it. I think we passed. No, I was there. You went to the Konami press conference live that year? I did, and it was... How come you never told me this? Because I didn't realize it was such a thing of beauty until afterwards. Okay, please, I need to hear this live. What happened? Manny, it was so boring. It was awful. So it wasn't even fun at the time? No. It was like, okay... Lords of Shadow, I mean, that's the one that Lords of Shadow was announced at too, right? I think so. Was this the one where they had like the, the Mexican wrestlers And then come some up? dude was hula hooping. Uh, Tak Fuji was hula hooping at some point. Okay, so it's one of those things where it's actually better after the fact when you can edit out all the boring bits, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and it's possible that I went to the one the year before that one and I can't distinguish the two. No, and that wouldn't I, surprise the, me one bit. The one the year before was just boring. That year was like a beautiful disaster. <sighs> e three. <laughs> I don't know why I went to Konami. I was like, oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna live stream it. It'll be awesome. Oh, we have Periscope this year. Oh, great! Yeah, and so does everybody else, Manny. Yeah, but don't you want people to watch our Periscope as we walk around the show floor? You know, we've had live streaming services for years. I don't know why uh, Periscope, uh, but it was is never an, it was never an app that really, it was one button streaming to all of my Twitter followers and more highlighted on the front page. <laughs> but it's it's one button streaming to all of your Twitch followers. Uh, uh, says the guy who uses like an iPad and an iPhone. There were smartphones before. There were tablets before. Making it a little easier is a big deal. I mean, he's kind of got you there. <laughs> Chris just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> I don't want to admit it. I mean, that's like, as an Apple dude, that is Apple's MO. Apple has never invented anything. They mm. don't... Do, I know people, like, if you think Apple is the first to do something, you don't know their business model. It's just, all they did was make it a little easier and in a nicer packaging. And you know what? That's enough for most people. Well, okay, then. Anyway, watch us live as we periscope our trip to <laughs> Watch us on the LA subway as we ride there and periscope our trip. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to have to put Natsume. I might have to periscope some Natsume stuff. Oh, Anna, you you wouldn't believe how much how much pe- how many people would turn in to see behind the scenes stuff for yourself. I'll have to run it by Graham. Do you know what animal you're giving out this year? Um or is it hush hush until the show? Okay, I'm going to answer your question. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you do know, and it is hush hush until the show. Yes, it always is. All right. Okay, I'm going to guess. Okay, can you answer one thing? Just one question. Okay. Is it an animal we've seen before? Yes. Okay. There you go. Who knows? Maybe the chicken's coming back finally, guys. <laughs> I'm open for the duck. What? No. The duck was a disaster. Disaster duck? I have a not submit horse, which I like. The the duck was actually really expensive to create. That's why a disaster? That's premium. That's why you gotta sell it in. Um Chris, it's smaller than the other plushies. Yeah. I'm that so that's why this year you're gonna have a big duck. Huh? No. 
mean no? It makes sense. If the smaller duck was more expensive to create... Because you have better bigger... relationships with people now. Okay. Get better pricing. The people that made the duck are out of business. Yeah. So now you got somebody who knows how to do it right making the duck. <laughs> there you go, everyone. Go on Twitter. Hashtag Natsume Plushie. And guess which one will be. Found <laughs> Natsume building the list. Um, and Tell them your what you want to see in this Building the list? Building the list. That? It's a Sony thing. Okay. Okay, let us know. Do you want chicken? Do you want sheep? Or do you want duck? No, no, this is not Wait. for a vote. Yeah, this is like a meal now. Um, I'll take the beef, please. <laughs> there is a cow coming. And mm. it's not the big... It's We're not taking the giant blow-up cow this year. We're taking Bessie. Who's Bessie? Um, you might have seen her in previous years. She's about she's about my height. She's five feet tall, and it's you're basi- not five feet tall. <laughs> it's basically a giant soft plushie. Okay, it's a person sized plush. But you're not bringing the big cow. No. Why? Because we've had the big blow up cow for quite a number of years in a row, and bring to both. It up. Everyone loves the big cow. Everyone loves Bessie. Everyone loves Bessie. In fact, I have to bring my sewing kit because Bessie needs a little bit of love. And you're she's, the only one they could get to sew it? She's She's been loved on a little too much in past years. Oh, that's true. No, it's I fixed her last time. Okay. Because when you say she's been loved on a little bit too much last year. Oh, like... no, not in an inappropriate way. Just in a lots of people hug her. And so she has like a, a collar around her neck that gets damaged. <gasps> oh, I think we should have like a Twitter contest, you and I, Chris. Yes, because oh. you realize that people who are hugging them, I'm wondering who's going around hugging the cow. Who has time for that? I think we should have a contest. We should take a picture of every bit of inappropriate cosplay we see at E3. There's cosplay wait, wait, at E3. Wait, wait, hold on. How did you get from the cow to inappropriate cosplay at E3? No, I was just thinking like, who has time to go hug, be hugging cows all day? I'm thinking probably the same people who are wearing cosplay. There's so then, shouldn't, shouldn't our contest be to get pictures of all the people with inappropriate cosplay hugging the cow? Oh, that's double bonus that's points. That's meta. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, yeah, Anna, in recent years, I, like, I saw one guy wearing a Master Chief costume with his daughter in a Princess Peach costume. Yeah, Anna, And they were you, just walking around. I don't know where you've been. Uh, you've been at the Natsume booth. But yeah, it's, Anna, they, people are doing it. <laughs> okay. Well, there might be one person who shows up as the Harvest Goddess. Oh, great. It is weird now. And like you're, you see them, you go like, what do you... And then you look at their badge, GameStop exhibitor. You go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got never mind. Many. <laughs> no, not, no, no. They're, now it's a Square Enix uh, social media expert. <laughs> Prosumer. Prosumer. Uh, oh, well. We've had a good run. <laughs> We've had a good run. We have a good run. <laughs> this is our last year ever. It's okay. Yeah. We've had a good run. <laughs> You know, part of me wouldn't be ba- upset at that. If if E3 is dead at this point, I kind of can deal with it. If I might be moving out of Los Angeles within the next year or so. And if I do, this probably legitimately is my last E3. And I'm... You're not going to cr- travel across the country? <laughs> <laughs> if That's my answer to that question. Makes me wonder why I'm doing it. Because you were fun and you know it. Uh, I don't know. I have fun if I can just relax and go play things and get appointments, but like doing the work. Oh, when so I could just make other people do it. So the part that s- sets you apart from the guys who are cosplaying or waiting in line. Yes. 
<laughs> that's the fuck that's I wouldn't mind going and cosplaying and waiting and well not waiting in line but getting to cut lines and play games yeah that, of course that'd be fun well, why do you think said end end with you to every well, appointment? My Chris? point with my point is that E three isn't a fun thing, and work. on top of it being work, which is it, it should be work, and I'm not complaining that it shouldn't be work. On top of it being work, it's it feels like unnecessary ways to present that work for ninety percent of the content we find there. Because you can have just... events like uh, Nintendo's digital event, and you don't need. Pretty much all of Nintendo's presence at E3 is obfuscate or uh, obliv-y. No, I, I totally hear what you're saying because it feels like in this day and age of live of easy live streams, blogs, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, there's an easier way to reach your audience, and it's not like, like I want a, a, I want a room cover a tweet. No. Hmm? Kotaku, what? I mean, it's not like Kotaku won't cover a tweet. From yeah. a PR manager. Right, right. What I want is just a room. Get the <laughs> big publishers please? out of there. They do their digital events and save a bunch of money. Get them out of there. And then I want a room full of the smaller games and the smaller publishers that nobody gets to see any other way or that can't afford to, to fly people out or put on a digital presentation. Yes. And we can they get them all to meet in one place. Yeah. I mean, that's how E3 stays relevant in the coming and the and for the rest of this decade is you open up a space and you make it easy and cheap for indies. And that's how you make that. I don't, I, I'm afraid that cheap and E3 don't go together. <laughs> no, <E3>. they don't. <laughs> Not in the convention center for the home of like a $17 slice of pizza. Yeah. It's not that much, but you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 I think that's why you and I always sound so down on the show because I think it's we're, we're combating the myth from people who go like, oh, you're going to E3. Have fun. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. like Yes, it is fun, but it is also a lot of work. Yeah, my the, funny thing is- the fun day for me is a press conference day because I don't have to do that much and just go and, and be wowed by things. But after that, it's not so much fun. And I think a lot of the fun happens around the side, seeing people, friends yeah. you haven't seen in a year. It's uh, maybe going to a party afterwards. It's talking well, in the hallway with with that one journalist from that one side. He's like, hey, did you see that? Yeah, that was great. Oh, you need to go check out this. Okay, man, totally. It's great seeing you. I'll get that appointment. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of that stuff. I mean, I'll, but you, you have to realize a lot of it is sitting in a sweaty room, listening to a presentation from a guy who's given it two hundred times already. Uh, that part and, I'm okay with. It's waiting to get into the sweaty room that's not as good. Oh, just one sec, guys. One sec. You're next. Actually, we have to push you to one thirty. That's okay. One thirty. <laughs> just one sec. We'll be right with you. And then you go in for like ten minutes. Okay, great. Okay, thank you. Bye. And then, of course, there's my I'm lazy, so that now I got to write about what I just saw in that room. And like I, was I said, barely this is awake. why we send Ed with you to every appointment. Yeah, well, he doesn't write either. No, but he records you doing stuff. Yes, and then we get something interesting out of. Hey, I'm the first to admit that I'm not the best choice for for each. Which is why I that. always send Zach or Ed with you to appointments. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a new uh, our new newsy uh, new Zach newsy. Webster. It will be coming to E3 with us this, this year. This is Zach with a K, not Zach with an H, of which we have I both. accidentally, I was, accidentally <laughs> I was trying to get him into something. He said, yeah, I'm going to need a, a pass for Zach Wilhouse. Oops. Who's another guy on the site. I'm like, I, I bet you I just said, oh, well, that's close enough. <laughs> what do you mean that's close <laughs> enough? <laughs> oh, well. 
Okay, but I will say though, like BlizzCon, I would totally recommend that show to anybody. That is a fun show. That is a that is a show is that okay. is aimed at its fans and and knows what's what it has. And it feels good that oftentimes at that thing I'm marginalized and don't have a lot to do because that means they're doing a good job making sure that the people who are supposed to be there have a lot to do. Pax is fantastic too. Absolutely, Pax both is Paxes fun. are yep. great shows, yep. and they probably serve the indie community and the f- and and real fans much better than E3 does at this point. Yeah. Oh, are we back? Should we go back to Santa Monica E3? <laughs> I, I stand by the fact that that was the most useful E3 for RP Gamer. That's funny. Everyone else hated it because they saw less stuff. But yeah. you, we, I feel RP, like we saw more. Exactly. Or at least the quality of what we saw was better and the conditions were better. And well, you guys I got to it. be next to that beautiful beach on those. I remember those. I actually remember those days. I don't remember the beach at all. But I do remember that once I got to where my appointment was, that it was it was a good experience. I actually remember it quite vividly because I went down there because I was like, I was going to use here at the time. There was like a big blue bus that just went straight from there to the over there, and I just said, "Oh, I'll hop down for the after after classes and see what's up over here." I just walked around a little bit. I saw everyone from the like, "Oh, look, it's Jeff Green. How's it going, Jeff?" Shook his hand, went over to the GameSpot. Was hey, look, it's the Giant Bomb guys. I mean, the GameSpot guys <laughs> at the time. And I just remember like it was just a perfect, beautiful Southern California day clear skies nice and sunny it was fun walking on the beach because you could see you could see all the european press sitting next to palm trees doing their reports hello everyone hello from e3 as you can see we are beautiful santa monica on the beach it is really nice i don't and know then you went into the hangar and an air, a cloud of depression settled above you that uh. hangar that was so sad but i got to get harassed by dennis dyack so it was great really oh, have you ever told that story it's not really a story. It's just him. I don't know. I was playing the game, his game, by him, and it didn't. I wasn't doing well, and I, he, he said told me something. Suck. Yes, yeah, so there's no story. There's like no story. I'm just. This is when I brushed with the greatness that is the, the. Um, so he didn't ask you for twenty dollars to fund his game. No, I think that's what he would do now, isn't it? Hi, I'm Dennis Dyack. I'm really sorry. Can I have twenty bucks? <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, I loved you on that One Up Yours episode. Here's 20 bucks. So, Chris. Chris, Chris, Chris. Yeah. What you been playing? That's a great question. Um, I finished The Witcher 1. <gasps> what? Yeah. I cheated what? the hell out of that game, but I did finish it. And um, I, I, I thought it was all right. It has not aged great and i think i blame i blame the fact that anything on those neverwinter nights engines i don't think feel age particularly well however i really like the the story and what they were going for and the the feel of you know old school computer rpg but they tried to modern it up a little bit i hated the combat you know what in witcher I was, one yeah. i was just recently playing the witcher 2 and that also has not aged particularly well well, that's funny because I just started The Witcher 2 and it feels like, oh my god, this is a real modern game. Oh, it feels so much better than Witcher 1. And everything's cinematic and there's a cutscene every five you steps. You want to know what's funny? I went okay backwards. I went yeah. backwards because the first Witcher I ever played was Witcher 3. Yeah? Oh, For like really? a substantial amount of time. Mm. So going back to Witcher 2, I'm like, uh, I'm not going to enjoy this. I'm stopping. Okay, because Witcher 2 looks really nice compared to Witcher 1. Well, Witcher Absolutely. 1 had its moments, but they were few and far between at this point. It's an old game. It's like 08. Uh, Witcher 2 looks beautiful, and the cutscenes are great, and um, the voice acting's improved, except for Triss. Her voice got weird in the second game. 
I don't know if they keep her for the third game. But um, the so far, I'm really liking The Witcher 2 and just what they're doing there. Now, of course, I'm playing a fully patched and enhanced edition of Witcher 2 versus people who played Witcher 2 when it just came out. And I know that a lot of things were improved there, so I'm getting the Are you playing the with the controller? I haven't plugged the controller in yet. Um, okay. And I want to. Because it, it makes... So there's... The regular combat's fine. I'm playing on, like, super easy. So I, I mm-hmm. just slid it down. Because I want to get through this and play Witcher 3, right? And that one I'll play for real. Um, but Witcher 2 is like, let's get through this. And there aren't as many good cheat mods that I found for Witcher 1, for Witcher 2. Um, though I did find some cool mods, like uh, just a bunch of enhancement things, like making it so that the w- encumbrance system is, is not so encumbering and stuff like that, um, which I, I find to be nice, because who wants to manage weight in your games? That's never fun. It wasn't fun in Oblivion. It wasn't fun in The Witcher. It's not It's not fun. All right. Anyway, I think but- it was at least more manageable in a, in Skyrim. Because you were carrying, like, substantial things. Well, it was manageable because you could own a damn house and throw all your stuff in a corner. But, like, in The Witcher 2, it's just everything has a weight to it. And I feel and you don't know what's important, so you end up picking up a lot of garbage because mm-hmm. you might need it for crafting and later. Exactly. And the, one of the first mods that you find is one that makes all crafting materials take zero weight, essentially. <gasps> Which is the way to do it. Yeah. And that way you don't have to feel bad about collecting your crafting items. Uh, so I was playing on 360. And oh yeah, you can't mod that. <laughs> no, I can't mod it, and it just felt so clunky because every time I wanted to, go, everything it felt like it take five took five steps to get like one thing accomplished. I wanted to look at the map. I would have to open this thing up, then cycle over to the map thing, and that would take like two se- like one to two seconds to load each time. Then I would exit. Oh, I need to check my inventory or switch a thing. Load, oh, switch wow. over. Yeah, I'm not was- okay. Yeah, because I'm on PC, all that stuff's quick. Yeah, I'm wondering if I would like it better if I had it on PC because it just, it just felt clunky and the combat's not great, and I'm not even liking the storytelling as much as I did in the so, in the little bit I played of Witcher Three. I mean, the, I it's funny the combat is not so I found the combat of Witcher One annoying because I had to keep waiting for when it goes quick quick so that I can get the next combo in the sequence. Um, in Witcher 2, the combat I'm finding to be less annoying because I could just spam A. Of course, again, I'm on super easy. And it's like, okay, A, 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 targets the next guy automatically, which is wonderful because the Witcher 1 didn't do that. And like, ah, I'm mowing these guys down, get me to the next cutscene, no problem. Um, I, I When people are saying that it's not good, or uh, is that because I've got it on easy, I'm not noticing how it's not good? Or is it just boring? Or what? what is the complaint about the combat in Witcher 2? I think it's just sloppy. Just sloppy. Okay. Well, that my complaint was it was just kind of boring. Smash A, but it's I don't know. It's not that engaging, but also you need to do a lot of preparation for it. Here's a question: What is up with The Witcher 2's t- tutorial? Isn't that weird? They, it's like uh, we're gonna load you into this tutorial map. Get, that wasn't there Every game mechanic to you in a row, and then you're gonna fail it, and we're gonna recommend you play on easy. At least that's they how it put went that for me for the enhanced edition because. Imagine just playing that game and going right into the, the siege, because that's what it was originally. I would be okay with that. And then throw some tutorial prompts on the screen as you go along. I, I, I don't know why they couldn't do that. Or it must not have worked, because they put this tutorial map in. But it feels it felt weird to me. Like, now you're going to walk around here and, and build a potion. Like, why do I need to worry about building a potion right now? You should be telling me about building a potion after the giant because action they- scene. 
It seems like they should have done that when they were building the game, but they didn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the problem is they didn't. So so no, nobody solution. knew how to play the game. But, I mean, the combat, it must be because of the higher difficulty levels. Because, for me, the combat is just pressing A, so it's not that hard to get into and do the siege. But it must be for somebody else. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, playing on normal is like... And the way you have to buy certain abilities that should just be innate to the Witcher. <laughs> At the, what, one of the big... So, on PC, both Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 have these uh, mods called the Full Combat Rebalance. Um, and between Witcher 1 and 2, the guy who made the, that mod for both games uh, became an employee of CD Projekt and like owns the combat now of like Witcher 3. Um, but the... Uh, so it's funny that he went back to Witcher 2 and said, let's improve the combat here too, um, just like I did for Witcher 1, which is what got me hired. Anyway, it's a very popular mod. Um, oh, where was I going with this? Um... Oh, shoot. I totally forgot where I was going with this. Ah, What were you talking about? The Witcher combat? Yeah. Clumsy. Clumsy. The tutorial. Tutorial. Okay. Well, I whatever. Um, so they have these, these, these mods that try to make the combat um, different and more real. And um, one of the things that... I knew I was going to say one of the things that the mod just throws in there that's interesting. And I can't remember it now. I'm an idiot. Anyway, so there's combat mods for The Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 NPC that you could get that uh, attempt to change how the combat plays. Usually makes it harder, um, it seems like, is the, uh, is the, is the moral of the story. Um, but and perhaps that would make you like Witcher 2 better. I don't know, but you can't do that on 360, of course. Oh, man, that bugs me that I lost my train of thought there. Oh, well. Hey, just so people know, Hyperdimension and Neptunia Rebirth 2 is on sale on Steam right now. So are you, I'm curious, are you really going to spend like 40 hours playing this game? Oh, it didn't take me that long to get through Witcher 1. I did that in a week. So I'm hoping okay. I can do the same with with, 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 with her 2. How far are you right now? Because I stopped playing when I got to chapter 2 in like the second town. Uh, no, I'm I'm still in the first town. No, I mean the first I have, town, the, the I, little I, swamp one. I've taken a couple, I, oh yeah, that's where I'm in. I'm in the swamp town. I've taken a couple nights off to to focus on some other things. But, and uh, you're like fighting the cray. You have to fight that crayon. Yeah, the Kron, the Kron, whatever. Yeah, Kalos. I have to fight Kalos. <laughs> you need to fight Kayshawn. Yeah. Kayshawn Johnson. Kesha. You remember Kayshawn? I'm fighting Kesha. Kayshawn. I, I don't know who Kayshawn is. She did that song. What was it? That bad song. Is it Kesha? Anyway. Same as K- no Kayshawn. Kadalar, huh? Yeah, Kadalar. No. Kayshawn. Milan, Kayshawn, Kayshawn Bragg. No, I don't know how to spell Kayshawn. Anyway, cool. Kayshawn. I don't know what I'm talking about. In in Zinx, apparently there's like a Chinese lady. I don't know. Okay. Witcher. Witcher, 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 Witcher. So you you're so giving up on Witcher two? You're like forget this. I'll go yeah. back to Witcher three. The funny thing is I've played enough games to just know when I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And I, I was talking to people in the RP Gamer staff chat and even like uh, Glenn Wilson, who liked the game, he said, you know, if you're not liking it now, you probably won't like it later because no, the, the menus not. don't yeah. get less clunky right. over time. Right. Well, especially and, and, if you're on console and can't just download a mod to change what you don't like. And that's a good point because what I wasn't liking wasn't necessarily even the story 
based off, even though I think they handled a little bit more clumsily this time. Like, I have no clue what they're talking about, about anything. Hey, are I you, don't know. Are you going into your journal to try and get the ex- further explanation on the, the countries and stuff? I thought it would come naturally because it was no. starting to come more naturally it in doesn't. The Witcher 3. And, and even The Witcher 1 has issues with that. So in Witcher 1, how they handle it is they give you a giant journal where all these things are explained in more depth. Or there's somebody in the town who, at, during the course of the game, you'll have a conversation with, which will usually explain more of the background story of all the things that are relevant. With The Witcher 2, I haven't seen that yet because the, the names and stuff are coming fast and furious. So I'm wondering if you need to to only go into the glossary thing in the menu in order to get any So you noticed that if you hadn't played the first one, you'd be like, wow, I'd be lost right now. Um, not only that, but they also kind of sweep The Witcher 1's story under the rug really quickly. So, like, you need the first game just to understand the setting and how you ended up in this city. But beyond that, they kind of just, they take off like um, like a bat out of hell. And like, okay, yeah, so if you played the first game, here's how you would think that the the players would still be relevant and stuff. But since we don't know what choices you made in that first game, we're kind of going to make all that irrelevant and push it to the side. And um, just... just go straight into this this political story and and get this guy out of the way and then now it's a question of uh, succession and and who's killing all these kings and stuff like that. So Yeah. Um so so really it it helps because it more gently introduces you to the world and you can understand the the countries at play, but as far as understanding the breakneck plot of like people backstabbing each other and no, it doesn't help at all. And like the Roach guy, he was not in the first game at all or anything like that. So, mm. nor, nor was Eorvith. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna pass on it because I felt fine playing The Witcher Three. I was like, okay, I'm starting to get this Nilfgaard, blah blah blah. I'm getting it. Black, what bad Empire? I got it. And I was just, and the quest structure was just more to my liking, a little bit more free and open. Whereas. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to wait a little bit. Well, and you should do that. I'm really enjoying The Witcher 2. I think it's a great game so far. Yeah. So Let me I'm put it this way. When it. I was playing it, I wish I was playing uh, Dragon Age Origins instead. Ah. So I just installed Dragon Age Origins, and I'm going to play that uh, okay, Awakening so expansion. Now, if you said that after playing The Witcher 1, I would understand it. Saying it after playing The Witcher 2, I don't understand it as much, since The Witcher 2 is more action-y. Um, I'm surprised that you you say uh, Dragon Age Origins is what you're drawn to. Oh wait, well, you mean the console version of Origins, don't you? Yes. Okay, that plays different. So I'm an idiot. Well, not Never only mind. that though, it's just if I'm there just for if I'm there just for the story and political intrigue, yeah. I'd rather go to people who who did like personal interactions of characters a little bit better. Sure. Okay. And it's like a 10 hour game, and I could be done with it. Origins is a 10 hour game. Awakenings. Oh, Awakenings. Oh, that's the you never played the expansion where you can play as like a, or a legion gray warden. No, because I never got I never finished the main game. Really? I thought that game was up your alley. It is up my alley. That it's on my it's one of the biggest ones on my pile of shame. Um, mm, but it, mm-hmm. the witchers were up there, too. So it's like I feel just as good working through the witchers as I would getting through um, the Dragon Ages. So well, that's good. Congrats on finally, finally doing that. Do Maybe next to, year hey, you'll get to be a pirate. Yeah, I know. Do I? <laughs> do I get to um to get trading cards for having sex with people in Witcher Two? No, but there is okay. um if you if you have the special edition on GOG or something, you okay, can download course. the Tris Marigold Playboy spread that she did in Pol in 
the Polish Playboy? I will admit that I did look at that and wondered what the hell is wrong with our society. That's not even the first time they did that. Do you remember they used to have the the women of gaming Playboy thread? There was like two years in a row. Why would and, it's not real? And they also had you could say that about a lot of stuff in Playboy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they also did one where, like, remember the lady, the main lady from Heavy Rain? She was in that Playboy spread. They had, like, Blood, the vampire lady. What? I I just don't understand why that would make sense in Playboy. It's like... Because gaming is big right now. We need uh, to capitalize on this. All right. That's literally, that's the reason why. Gaming okay. is big bucks. Maybe we can bring in some some younger audience members. I just don't know what what was in it for the Witcher folks to like throw um, nude models of Triss into a magazine. Like what's what's it in for the Witcher folks to throw nude models into the Witcher game? Well, I mean that's enhancing their product in some way, (laughs) shape, or form, right? Agree with it or not agree with it, it's one of the the features of the Witcher, and so that they would consider that something that their work is paying off by making the game quote unquote better. Well, yeah, exactly. So you, you, so say you're a dude reading playboy in Poland, you're like, Oh, that new Witcher game is out. That's some nice new features on this lady. Hmm. I'll play the game. Maybe I'll get to sleep with her. I just, mm, okay. Oh, excuse me. I, I, I have to pretend I'm under 30. Maybe I can hook up with her. Hook up with her. What's that? What's that thing on people's phones? That pe- Tinder? I I tinned her. I don't. What do you? How do no, you you'd tinder? swipe. You'd swipe right. I'd swipe right on her. Okay. All right. <sighs> anyway, so that's what I've been playing. <laughs> it's The Witcher. Anna, can you get in the mic better? No. Oh, can you talk to us? What about what you've been playing? Okay. <laughs> um, Alice, what have you been playing? Uh-oh. Um, oh, no, I'm still here. All right. <laughs> um, I'm actually kind of glad that Manny's on this cast because uh, I think seems to recall last time um, he went on a very long discussion about the, the good sides of Assassin's Creed Unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was able to pick up a cheap copy a couple of days ago, and I'm really enjoying it. Ha! Vindication! See, there you go. Two people like it. You know what it is, though? Uh, Alice, maybe you can speak to this, but my expectations were so low that... Yeah, I think that's that, that that's the reason why I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I was expecting so little that any time they did something clever or smart that was an improvement on the old formula, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, was, I, mean, I like the setting. It works very well on my machine. Um, <laughs> you're right about... Now, this is coming from someone who actually does like the sci-fi aspects to the Mass, to Mass Effect, to the Assassin's Creed story. Um, and you know what? I think you're right. I actually like how they've kind of tied this into the, the whole, um, like, Abstergo thing that's been going on since for the last four games. You know, I like how it's implemented in Unity. It's, it's pretty good. I'm sorry. You're saying they did something relevant with the out-of-game, uh, uh, the modern-day part of the story? Because everyone tells me that they've just kind of ignored the modern day well, story. Well, it's not that they ignored it. It's more like they, they took like exi- existing concepts in that universe and they said, okay, now we don't have to bend over backwards to try to make this fit in with Desmond or something else. We can still be within our meta universe oh, okay. and still just take anyone in. But because of that, it's, it's, it's a little bit more – you 
it's this weird sort of thing where you are the player, you are the Desmond or something. It's right. like you directly are the person interacting with – you are the new obstru- uh, assassin agent. And yeah. they're talking to you and – yeah. So. But there's no real plot progression of Templars versus assassins uh, in modern honest, day, there, right? there usually never is. Oh, okay. Like, I think, well, I think since after that, two, right? That, like, that kind of is, but it's all in, um, it's all in kind of like the background, sort of thing. Okay. I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, um, and I, I, I actually really like their setup for it because um, the, the the modern story for four sets up that um, the the Templars in the modern era are basically using, um, you know, like video games and stuff like that, new media, effectively as a means of progressing their. Um, yeah, that plot in in the modern era, um, I quite liked um, when you first start up Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, the idea is is you're basically playing Abstergo's latest video game, right? Um, and there there is actually this kind of cool little menu select. They started screen. doing that with like Assassin's Creed um, Black Flag, didn't they? Well, Black Flag was centered around the, the your the nameless protagonist being a member of the development studio loosely based on Ubisoft Montreal. Oh, whereas with this you are a a player? Yeah, with this okay. one you are basically someone sitting on a couch with Abstergo's latest video game. Wait, basically. So you pop out to the real world and you're like, "Oh, no, no, I'll the, eat the some point Cheetos." Is you don't act you don't oh. actually pop out to the real world at any point. Oh, then how do you know you're a player playing the latest game? Because, because it's just... that's how the game starts. You, oh, okay. The game starts with like the game startup screen for I think the game itself is called Helix, which is like um, all right. So, so there's got to be a reason to bother with that. You got to come back out to the real world. Otherwise, why even bother with that framing device? Well, I think the framing device exists because basically it's a kind of neat nod to the previous games okay. in that. It does kind of play into some of the things that appear during the game as well, um, but it's a lot less intrusive than, say, even Assassin's Creed 4 was. Assassin's Creed 4 was reasonably light on it. And it, and that, that sort of – that lets it be – like if it was just a straight we're in Paris end of the story, it wouldn't let you do things like jump into other Parisian time periods like during Nazi occupation or La Belle Epoque. And well, you get to it do also that? Let yeah, yeah, you do. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And yeah, it also... Mm-hmm. Go on then. No, no, no. Totally. I was going to say, because at one point, the idea is is that um, the... It, I, I don't know. I think this kind of felt like a nod towards um, the uh, like always online stuff was the idea is the assassins basically hijack your uh, console signal. Uh, and you are basically playing through the memories of someone um, that's... I think they call it like they had someone that they hadn't um, investigated fully yet. So he's not the, the main character is not a descendant of any of the previous characters. He just happens to be someone important worth looking into. Um, but the idea is is that, you know, there are times where you have to um, where the simulation breaks down and you have to move across to a different uh, location to prevent them from basically. Uh, the Templars from tracking down your game signal and tracking it back to your console and stuff, because that would be bad. <laughs> Given Wait, that it's, al- <laughs> it's already it's already been established that in the modern era, the you know this kind of um, uh, Abstergo like basically controls the world anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or at least a significant number of things in it, and uh, generally sympathizing with the assassins is not a good idea. So is that hap- that stuff where you're interacting with the assassins in some way, does that happen while you're in the assassin game, or do you actually pop out to the modern world to deal with that? There is no um, modern world. Okay. Like, you looking at the screen is the modern world. Okay. So it's yeah, like, basically. hey, we need to transport you over here now. Yeah, they basically well, they basically they hijack either your your uh, like a sort of basically sort of voice in your ear kind of thing. Um, okay. They do a couple of times. So I was hoping that they, they'd have a person walk up and and it's like a total recall. Like, hey, the assassin sent me in here to to reach you and and tell you. That um, you well, I mean, um, and occasionally they they um, basically sort of transmit a staticky video feed to you as well okay. from whatever location. It does mean that I think the only returning character from the, like, the outside plot is Sean, the historian. You know, that snarky histo- British historian guy? Okay. Because um, he's still writing the database entries. The, the best part is, shortly after the game starts in Versailles, um, your first database entry is titled... Uh, Les Miserables, and it's basically a rant that um, you're in the wrong time period for it, so stop trying to look for anything to do with Les Miserables, because it's not going to happen for another 40 years. Yeah, wrong, okay. right, wrong, wrong, wrong French Revolution, basically. I, I thought it was nice. You know, the funny, what I think I liked most about it is how once they fixed it, mind you, this is all once the game has been fixed for the most part, is that you can see how this is a decent first effort for what their future plans on next generation are. Like the seamless transition between indoor and outdoor, uh, the auto climbing down, the, how they streamline some of the assassinations just to keep it all going. Okay. Are I mean, there, I was, I was, wait, wait, wait. Here's the big question. How are they as far as um, tailing missions go? There are like none. I think I've had one okay. so far. And you don't even really need to tail them. You just sort of... Yeah, because uh, the main character's eagle vision can see through walls. So okay, perfect. There's like very few e- eagle. The eagle vision thing is now like a, a timed ability that only lasts like a few seconds, um, but it pulses outwards from your location and highlights enemies behind walls. Oh, it's like the Witcher's uh, medallion in Witcher Two. Hmm. Well, what I will say this is: looking at this game, I can see how uh, how because they changed the name. It's not called Victor anymore. It's called. Uh, Syndicate, how Assassin's Creed Syndicate is going to be a much better game because they took a lot, they took all of the lessons, including just making the damn game, uh, and just sort of the big dense city of the. I was also really impressed by the crowds in uh, Unity. Yeah, just, the, the the crowds are really good. Um, it makes walking through the streets feel a lot more interesting. I mean, I think the fact that they've managed to do a pretty damn good job in making Paris. And you know what? I was kind of prepared to go into this to complain about the controls because I'd heard things that. Well, I mean, the, the controls have always been a bit iffy in all of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, and there's still a bit of that, but the fact that there's a shortcut key for quickly entering windows, which is something that was direly lacking in a couple of the previous games, um, and also the fact that there is now a two free-run options, a free-run option that causes your character to run up, uh, you know, like an, an attempt to climb anything that they happen to be faced with, or a shortcut to run downwards, so you can basically run towards the edge of a building, hold down the right button for it, and your character will basically just do a rapid scale down without taking falling damage as well. Which is really good. It's a good idea. It's well implemented. So I totally see how you take all of this, and you build on that, and you make like 
I, I really do think that Syndicate's going to be the one because it's going to – London is going to be just as dense as Paris was. But now they're bringing in that sort of like a Saints Row style faction, like city faction system where you take down gangs to, to take over territory. You're going to have like a grappling hook to quickly get up even faster up those things. And you have like a, two co-op partners you can switch between like a brother and sister on the fly. I just see how they took – all those learnings that you just put into Syndicate, Syndicate's going to be the real winner. Where Unity's like, it's fine. It's totally an okay – it's an okay game. But I can see yeah, where Syndicate it gives me a lot. Cool. It gives me a lot more hope for Syndicate. And I, have, I think I have a lot of interest in it specifically because it's based in a city that I've been into quite a lot. Yeah. And you, you know, can totally I, see how they take the learnings like the crowds and all of that stuff and just I mean, make it – Have better. they mentioned what year um, Syndicate takes place in? It's like, like 1820, 1830. Because uh, I I say I've heard like uh, several things. I know it's going to be. I know it's Victorian era. Uh, syndicate. Syndicates. Syndicates. Is it oh, during? Is it post or uh, pre Civil War? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, eighteen sixty-eight. You're right. Okay, totally. So yes, yeah, slightly later. I'm just trying to remember. Um, because yeah, because they were saying things like um. Uh, things like they would have a lot more horse-drawn carriages and stuff like that, um, and they would actually allow you to drive horse-drawn carriages as well. Oh, they totally have a gameplay video out. Oh, do they? Oh, crap. yeah, yeah, and they, you, you totally see a, a sequence where they hi- there's a there's a <laughs> it's really bizarre to watch, but yeah, there's two people. There's one guy in a horse-drawn carriage chasing another one, and they're just going through the city at a breakneck pace, like knocking over women in bus and, and corsets and all that stuff, <laughs> bustles. It's ridiculous. Okay, I heard that as knocking over women and corsets and not walking over, knocking over women in corsets, and that just made it all the more hilarious. It sounds good. If you can watch the gameplay video, they get a pretty good rundown. It's like Saints Row with uh, Assassin's Creed. With Wait, a little bit of GTA what? mixed in. So yeah, you go I, to the I, moon? I, I have quite a bit of hope for... for for this one based on what I'd seen in Unity. And yeah, I can get the point. Unity is flawed, but it's actually pretty enjoyable. Um, I think if they would have released this game as a as it was actually working in the state it is now, at launch, people would have been like, yeah, it's fine. And that's all they would have said. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that's, it was, and that's all it would have been. It wouldn't have been a gigantic scandal if it was working. It, I think most people would have treated it like they treated um, Assassin's Creed um, <sighs> Revelations in Constantinople. Mm. Remember that one? Like either you played it or you didn't, but it wasn't a terrible game. Okay. I'll take and you're never going to try it, right, Chris? Uh, Unity. I, I can't even get through the pirate game. I'm having issues getting through that, let alone Unity. I don't think the pirate game's all that great, but well, I know I'm in the minority on that there one. There is uh, uh, one of the things that does encourage me, however, and this is someone because this is one of the things that I actually like about London, is uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate is set in 1868, uh, which is about four or five years after the first London oh, Underground tunnels started opening. I bet you totally going to be like fast travel subways. Yeah, fast travels possible. Actual fast travel subways. According to this, uh, the Metropolitan District Railway was opened in uh, like December 1868, but some of the other ones were opened earlier, I think. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so if you guys want to see more, there's a it's totally on YouTube, like an eight minute gameplay demo. And they're doing pretty good. They're up front. Play like playable female character and uh, a person of color within like the first two seconds. I'm like, no, no, we know. There's totally an Indian dude here. It's okay. And that lady, you can play her. Don't worry. Oh about uh, it. yeah, and the female, the main female character apparently is voiced by Jennifer Hale. So that's pretty Femship. good. Yeah, Femship. Cool. So, so yeah, you get a playable female character who's voiced by top quality, top quality uh, voice actress. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Whew. You been playing anything else, else? Um, I actually kind of haven't. I've been playing a little bit more City Skylines, which I mentioned last week. Yeah. Uh, just basically, uh, I do now. Uh, did I mention my my the, the the underground highway that goes underneath the entire city? Yes, you did. Yeah, I think I actually have a screenshot of one of the entrances now. Um, but yeah, that's it's that's a lot of fun. The, the 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 tunnels really do change a lot of like how that game plays because you can. I know it's kind of like you can hide roads so well using it. I mean, it needs to. I think the management tools for it need to be a little bit more advanced. But um, the actual like mechanics of it, it's like yeah, this is a really good addition. Good idea. Thank you. Nice. Um, I am slightly lacking on missile deliveries. However, um, the next, uh, the game's next patch comes out on Tuesday and will give me a new missile delivery ship. Ooh. Which is basically a flying TV aerial. Um, and, can you translate that for people that don't play EVE? Um, well, it's a new ship. It's a flying TV antenna, Anna. Okay. Antenna, yes. That's the word I was looking oh, for. Oh, Okay. It is seriously. It, it's a flying TV antenna. Hang on, there's a, there's a really good image of it somewhere. I swear he keeps saying TD. I must have something oh, in my TV. ears. Yeah, TV. I've linked it in Skype chat. <laughs> See what I mean? Wow, that is a TV. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's. We um, we definitely need to put a picture of this in the thread so that people yes. can understand the greatness of this TV antenna. <laughs> um, the other thing I've seen is because it's called the Jackdaw, um, there's been a lot of comments about um, uh, the, at least on Reddit, there's been a lot of comments about uh, repeating that copy pasta from that famous Reddit user who got banned a few years, a couple of years ago because um. he got into an argument about Jackdaws. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird like that. Okay. And I'm planning on getting one like as soon as uh, as soon as I can. Because I really like the design for it, and I want to shoot some missiles at people. Missiles! <laughs> missiles! We'll have to start a new RP Gamer missile delivery service at some point. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Anna Marie. Oh, is it finally my turn? Yes, it is. Okay, so what have I been playing? I've been playing Color in My Coloring Book. <laughs> I got you a coloring book. It's awesome. Um... And I've been playing lots of Final Fantasy Record Keeper. So I'm still finalizing my party, but I had a really good draw this week. Um, I got together the 50 Mithril needed for a draw, and I got three five stars. I got three identical five stars. What? Yes. In one draw? Yes. That's insane. They're knuckles. Okay. So I could basically make myself like a Snow Joseph... Tifa party that could nine 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 everything. 
So that was cool. And um, I've been playing Puzzles and Dragon Z. I finished the third temple. So I've done water and uh, earth and fire. And now I'm doing dark. Next is heart. I think heart's going to be last, actually. <laughs> is it really a heart, you think? Yeah, because there's six dungeons, and the dragon that uh, the bad guy is uh, controlling is the death dragon. So it makes sense that the final dragon would be life. And not light. Okay. So, I don't know. I was kind of wondering how that was going to work, because I was counting the dungeons, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is more elements than I have. So uh, it's it's good. I definitely recommend doing P P and D Z first. Okay. Um, I think when I get back to the Mario side, I will have to do a lot of grinding. And I think that's kind of it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm boring this week. It is Lots boring. of heroes of the storm. Um, We've been like playing a lot of that. One fight away from level 25. Well, I've been playing with Kitten because he's trying to get Sarah up to level 40 before the beta ends. Mm-hmm. Beta ends Monday. So he's got like three more levels to go. Three days. Three do you get levels. something special if you get to 40? A special icon. But it okay. has nothing to do with the beta timeline. Yes. You get to level 40 in the beta, you get a special icon. I don't think it's just in the beta. Mm-hmm. It's just, it gets to level 40. There is an alpha one, too. Oh, okay. wow. Here we go. Live update. Okay, uh, this is from Phil Spencer, Xbox P3 on Twitter. Sorry, this isn't true. Not sure where the rumor started, but I don't want to mislead anyone. There really is no Silent Hills PT thing. <laughs> yeah, because someone straight up asked him, really hope the PT slash Silent Hills rumor is true. Please add Phil Spencer. Sorry, this straight up is not true. Not sure where this rumor started. Don't want to mislead anyone. So, there you go. Sorry. Is he telling the truth or is he just throwing smoke? He's a public company official. Can't lie. <laughs> sure. So, there you go. No no logo. Aww. Or maybe he could. Maybe the only way he could say this is true is if, um, is if there's no deal signed yet, or the deal fell through, or something. Or it's oh. going to be Silent Hills, but not PT. Mm, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> kind of seems like it's dead now. Oh well. I mean, aren't the people that were working on it going and doing something else, anyways? Probably. No, it's it's the director and Kojima, and Kojima's like, I'm gonna go do my thing, and the direct Guillermo del Toro. Did I say that right? You did. Uh, isn't he like, I'm gonna go do some movies now? <laughs> I'm gonna go do some films. See ya. <laughs> oh yeah, my new movie's coming out soon. It's called Phantom Pain. <laughs> Phantom. Metal Gear Solid 5's title, Anna. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Oh, well. It is what it is. And apparently what it is is disappointing. 
Um, what else can we talk about? I guess it's time to jump into feedback. Or did we already hit it all? We did hit it all. All right, let's jump to the news. Oh, leading up to E3, we got news. Not really necessarily about E3. First off, Chaos Rings 3 is now available in English on iOS and Android. Who's been waiting for Chaos Rings? Three. Um, this one is totally different. It um has a much lighter... I just watched the video review while uh, while we were talking just now. It, it seems like a pretty competent game. And the art style, I think, is brighter, more vibrant, and less moody and overly dramatic. Uh, it seems like they've really streamlined a lot of stuff for for mobile gameplay. It seems totally fine if you're willing to pay the 20 bucks, And you're, it seems like you're actually getting a real RPG. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so it seems fine. I mean, I, I does it support I'm not controller? Throw shade their way for nothing. Does it support controllers? Um, I do not know. Okay. It'd be nice if it supported controllers. I hope they make it support controllers. All right. So there's a uh, okay. Well, Chaos Rings three. Woo! We got a tra- trailer. Um. It in Japan, Chaos Rings Three got a fully fledged PlayStation Vita release. Cool. Which had all three games. Um, hmm. Oh, but it was a PlayStation Mobile title, so that's not coming out here. <laughs> oh, I see. No, it was a full version of games that were previously part of a PlayStation Mobile title. Okay, all right. All right. Well, who knows? We'll look at that. Playism has a game announcement. Uh, Artifact Adventure, now available in English. Uh, Playism localized it and is released in it. Uh, $6.99, it is a retro-themed open-world RPG which lets you complete quests in multiple ways. Battles are turn-based with players creating their own four-person party selected from six classes. The game is said to contain 70 different endings. So it's kind of like an open-world Dragon Quest game. Like Dragon Quest 1. Are you still talking about... I'm talking about playism and uh, artifact adventure. Okay, so this is not okay. I thought we were still talking about the other one. Nope. All right. Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth Three is getting a limited edition game ver- uh, release. So here you go. If you go buy that, uh, can you pre-order it now? Uh, oh, on June fifth, you can pre-order it for fifty-eight dollars. You will get Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth V Gener- Rebirth Three V Generation. Um. Or Vita, you'll get two mouse pads. You'll get a purple heart uh, graphic papercraft print figure. You will get the uh, art book, the collector's box, and reversible cover art. The only yeah okay, there's the mouse pads. Okay, now well, that's that's the thing. Nobody cared. Sword Art Online has an announcement. Sword Art Online Lost Song is heading to Europe this fall on PS4 and Vita. And uh, they also announced that uh, PS4 version of the game's predecessor, Sword Art Online Hollow Fragment, is coming as well. It'll be called Sword Art Online Re colon Hollow Fragment. Have you guys watched, uh, have anyone on this call watched the show yet? I've watched the first episode of Sword Art Online. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes of the first episode of season two of Sword Art Online, just to see if they actually went somewhere, and it looks like they do. Um, yeah, uh, let me put it this way. I don't watch a lot of anime. I totally watch season one. It seems all right. 
And then, yeah, like, I, season two is, like, a, a new story, and it's not, like, just no, it's dragging a, it's, it out. It's, it's a new MMO. <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. So, yeah. Sword Art Online. I, I want to get yeah, into it. Yeah, it's on Netflix yeah. if anyone wants to watch it. Oh, cool. Can you watch it well, subtitled watch on Netflix? It? I watched it on uh, Crunchyroll or Funimation. Oh, remember. maybe that's why. It's, yeah, I totally watched all of it on Netflix. It's just called Sword Art Online. Mm-hmm. All, uh, the first two seasons are there. Easy to watch. Or maybe I watched it on Hulu. I don't remember anymore. Yeah, watch it on Netflix. No, I know you subscribe, so. Can you get it subtitled on Netflix? Absolutely. That's the, the, oh, yeah, okay. that's the whole way I watched it. Cool. NIS America has two European release dates to announce. Uh, first is Lost Dimension for the PS3, which I think is coming out from Atlas here. Uh, it's a tactical RPG that lets you try and figure out which of your players are a traitor. I was watching some videos about Lost Dimension this week. It's interesting. Like Every time you play the game, different people are traitors, and so you don't know who's going to be the traitors through your playthrough. Um, and so it, it, you can't just be spoiled and know this guy, these are the people who are going to betray me. So you have to like know that they're traitors or figure out that they're traitors through the course of the game. And you have to um, kind of like Danganronpa, you have to you know, figure out who's a traitor and then they are literally erased from existence. And if you pick the wrong person, then things are going to go bad for you at the end of the game because they are going to betray you. Um, and of course, when you erase someone that, you know, you kind of lose that player. So if you'd spec them out to be your main tank and you don't have your tank anymore, you better be sure you did that right. Otherwise, man... Um, I think he gets like some magicite or something that you can use to transfer some of their skills to someone else, but still, that's kind of that's kind of rough. So that's an interesting title. Um, anyway, being published by NS America in Europe on August twenty eighth, twenty fifteen, for PS three and Vita. The second game, another Atlas title, um, Etrian Odyssey two Untold: The Fafnir Night, uh, which will arrive in Europe on February twelfth, twenty sixteen, physically and digitally. Um, it is, of course, a remake of Etrian Odyssey two. So. That's what NIS had to tell us this week. Uh, mobile Final Fantasy updates. So check this out. Square Enix had some updates for their mobile titles. Mebius, a.k.a. Mobius Final Fantasy, is going to be released in um, the country. Oh, in Japan on uh, June 4th, 2015. Uh, and it's chapter-based, so they'll release different chapters at a time. Still no news on when or if well on when Mobius is coming out here. The Final Fantasy Agito, which don't get confused with Agito 13. This is a spin-off to Final Fantasy Type 0. It was released on iOS and Android in 2014 in Japan, and now it's been announced for release on Windows 10 in Japan. Yay. Yeah, no news about coming out here. A Vita version of the game called Agito Plus is in development. So Hey, some more dates from NIS America for Europe. Etrian Mystery Dungeon is uh, coming on September 11th, 2015. And Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor 2 Record Breaker is coming on October 30th. Physical and digital releases. Yay if you're in Europe. Elder Scrolls Online is going on consoles soon, June 9th to be exact, and they are going to uh, stagger the launch a little. So if you've purchased the game at midnight local... uh, Okay. If you've purchased the game, it'll open up at midnight local time on release date, 
meaning that more players will be able to log in each hour rather than everyone gaining access at once in one huge rush. Uh, I don't know how they're going to gate that, <laughs> but all right. You're going off your system clock time, so just change your time. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, and they got quick chat. So if you play 11, think about you know the auto-translate thing. They've got something like that where you can kind of choose some canned phrases and everyone will see it in their language. 22 phrases at launch, which is nowhere near as versatile as the auto-translator, I guess. And so they just wanted to let you know that they have that and look forward to that in early June. Class of Heroes 2G is coming out on uh, June 2nd, 2015 for $45. Just let that sit for a little bit. Yes, this is the PS3 version of Class of Heroes 2, which uh, you may have already tried on PSP. If you remember, I tried this a little while back, and I was not too thrilled with it. Um, but maybe you will enjoy it more on the console. I don't know. And you can see that it has a weather system and some areas of the world. that We've got a trailer up. You can go check it out. And the Vita can be used as a second screen, which I think, what is it, just put the map on there or something? I forget how that works. going through here to kind of see how the second screen stuff works, but no, I can't find it. Anyway, that's uh, Class of Heroes 2, and nobody on the podcast cared. Okay, Van Helsing 3 is out, just in case you didn't know. 15 bucks for that game. Uh, if you already own one of the two previous games, uh, I think you get a discount, at least through May 29th, so we've missed out on that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is the third and I think final game. So more Van Helsing. Yay. We got a trailer up of more characters being showed off in Lost Dimension. I'm sorry I didn't mention it earlier when we were talking about Lost Dimension, but I won't waste time on it now because we already talked about Lost Dimension. Lord of Magna has a new trailer, which you can go check out because it shows off the combat system in Lord of Magna. Um, it's, It's throwing off some of the support abilities and how you can kind of take out multiple enemies at once and stuff. So you can go check that out. Lord of Magna, I like the art style of it, but I don't know if the game's any good or the frame rate. So, uh, But there's tons of enemies in it, so I'll be interested to see some reviews of that. What about what do you think, Anna? Lord of Magna? I'm waiting for reviews. Okay. Something that should have reviews soon. Uh, the Well, I get maybe people won't review it, but uh, Dragon Age Inquisition got its uh, Jaws of Hakon DLC. So it is now available for purchase on PS4, PS3, and 360. I assume it's available on Xbox. Oh, okay, I see. It came out earlier on Xbox One and PC. So now it's coming to the other consoles. My apologies for not understanding that. has new weapons, new armors, new enemies, and it's 15 bucks. And, of course, a new quest line and stuff. So, Stella Glow has some more info. This is Japan only right now. Uh, they've got... Uh, Release dates are quickly approaching, like June 4th for that stuff. It is uh, got a demo on the Japanese eShop already, and it will be localized by Atlas USA and released in North America sometime later this year, so you can watch some of the videos if you want to get hyped for it. Hi. We've got them up on our on our site. Uh, so <laughs> the tra- one of the trailers shows uh, the two... Well, I guess each trailer shows each of the two witches, um, Rosette the Water Witch and Popo the Wind Witch, or I guess two of the witches. And uh, show them singing their songs during a battle, and you go check that out. 
Anna, are you into Stella Glow at all? I can't. No idea? I can't decide. Okay. What's what's hard to decide about it? Um, I'm just, I watch the videos and I'm like, this is adorbs. Do I want to play it? They didn't really show much gameplay, did they? Right. Okay. Indie publisher Alderley Games has put uh, more of its back cattle catalogs up on Steam. Vagrant Hearts 2 and, uh, is now available on the service, so you can go check that out for 10 bucks. Wildstar is going free to play. Number of surprise people? None. <laughs> now, they were holding out for a while, subscription base, and now they're finally giving up. They are going to go free to play. They commit. They say they're committed to making sure that Wildstar stays a AAA game, and they want to deliver quality regular updates. Um, and let's see. All right. So if you still wish to support the game after it has gone free to play, you can purchase an optional membership for a monthly fee. The membership will only give a few conveniences, such as bonuses and enhancements to XP, crafting, currency, item drops, and reputation. In other words, we make the game more fun to play and easier to progress in. That's not pay to win, right? No? Maybe it is. Members also get an additional character, costume, bank, supply, and decor items. And if you want more, you can purchase end coins that allow you to buy items from the in-game store. NCSoft and Carbine Studios will not be selling power. No, just XP. <laughs> there will never be items in the shop that allow you to get an edge over other players. Yeah, no, just additional dr- <laughs> enhancements to XP, crafting, currency, item drops, and reputation. None of those will help you get an edge over other players, will they? Right, Anna? <laughs> Progression items are and always will be received in game through time, skill, and effort. I just I hate reading this when they've said. <sighs> uh, if... Good good old Wildstar. It'll continue to flush itself down the toilet. <laughs> if you have a subscription that runs through the free to play transition, um, if you have a subscription that goes from let's see, maintain a subscription from June fifteenth, twenty fifteen, through the free to play transition transition you'll receive items and rewards well that's nice if you've supported the game since launch you'll get even more stuff and there will be a loyalty program for time and effort invested into the game even if you're not currently subscribers okay and then that's the yeah whatever so that's that's wildstar they're going free to play nobody's surprised legend of heroes Sen no Kiseki, which I guess is the Japanese next game in the Legend of Heroes series. It looks like um, there's a leak from game retailer game <laughs> over in Europe. <laughs> they, they've got such a clever name. Um, they listed Trails of Cold Steel for both PS3 and PS Vita. Yeah, that's uh, the one that they announced. They haven't announced it. Yeah. Yeah, no, dummy. They haven't announced it. Back in January... Exceed registered a domain for Trails of Cold Steel. Oh, that's right. Okay. I'm so, sure they'll announce it at B3. Uh, maybe. Uh, both versions are listed for October 23rd, um, but are curiously under the publisher Namco Bandai. The name by itself appears to be a subtitle, and if it is, and it is. Okay, yeah. Um, so. Namco Bandai does publishing for a bunch of people in Europe, so yeah. that doesn't surprise me. So that's why, and, and, and so assuming it's being localized, we might see it from Exceed here. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Namco Bandai published The Witcher too in Europe. Namco yes, Bandai right. publishes like all of Little Orbit's games in Europe. 
So there you go. Uh, localization details. Looks like it's happening for Trails in the Sky. Nobody's really that surprised at this point because there's a lot of demand for that game. Um, character designer for Star Ocean 5 suggests it might show up at E3. Well, He's, might show up? Might show, Star Ocean 5. Uh, we are okay. preparing images for use at E3, he said on Twitter. Uh, uh. This year is really busy as we're turning towards the game show. It's busy, but it's been terribly long uh, since we were last at a game show is the implication of that phrase. Um, and they're preparing images for E3. So it should have some sort of presence at E3. I presume at the Screen Express conference would make its most sen- would make most sense, right? So whatever. Speaking of Square Enix, I was looking up more about that Chaos Rings game. Yeah. Um, I have to say, everything I've seen, it seems to be getting great reviews. Um, there's a bug right now where it's crashing after the first boss, but that's something that could easily get fixed. Um, but from what I'm seeing, it seems like they learned a lot of lessons building the last two Star Ocean games. I mean, <laughs> Chaos Rings games. This is the first Chaos Rings that's um, universal, which is probably why they're charging more money for it. And it seems like a full-fledged RPG, and it has like a little bit of a Final Fantasy slash Kingdom Hearts vibe to it. It's like a hub world. You take some missions and you can go do other stuff. There's even an arena mode where you can earn these things called jeans, which are these like cards that can augment <laughs> your abilities. I'm wearing jeans. Um, it, it legitimately seems like from what everything I'm reading about it, it seems like a legitimately solid and pretty good JRPG on mobile. And one of the few wholly original JRPGs on, on, on tablets and phones. Yeah, we don't have many playing. of those. <laughs> It's like yeah, that. We have a lot of ports. Final Fantasy Dimensions, you know. But this is like a traditional, like old school PlayStation 2 era Japanese RPG built for tablets and mobile that has a nice art style and some pretty decent graphics. And it seems like it's a little Final Fantasy, a little Kingdom Hearts in art style and a little bit of Monster Hunter, the way you take on quests. And it has like lots of modes. It seems pretty solid. And like I'd say keep an eye on it. Because you know there's going to be a sale eventually if you don't want to spend 20 bucks. Fair enough. Because you, you know, how I bought a $1,000 phone, but I only want to pay $1 for software. Why don't they make good games for this thing? <laughs> <I understand. laughs> Jeez. So true. So true. People are ridiculous. Look, listen, part of being an adult is understanding that the things that you care about, you need to support. Whether it's with your votes or with your actual money, you need to support the things that you care about and you want to continue to exist. If you like an artist and you want to continue making music, you have to understand he needs to put food on his table and pay his rent. I'm just saying that's, that goes for everyone. That's you what we're saying. You should go to patreon.com slash rising sun and support Manny as he... No, but it's true. I mean, we, we all have this... I remember when like Kickstarter, Kickstarting games used to first start up before they really hit big, and people were like, "What? You want like that much money? You're just gonna? What are you even spending on yourself?" It's like, yes, he is spending this on his health insurance and his rent and his food for his family, so he can spend twelve hours a day coding a game for you. That's exactly what he's spending it on, and that's okay. But anyway, okay, vote with your money. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. If you like this show, you gotta support RP Gamer too. Review us, rate us on iTunes, visit our website, give us some clicks. Hell, just leave us a nice comment on YouTube. Five stars. <laughs> Anything. 
I, does of course, anybody we're much leave easier nice, to satisfy. Hold on. Does anybody leave nice comments on YouTube? <laughs> you know, I was going through our YouTube page this week just to see how much we should prioritize video reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know we're passing on a lot this year just for time constraints and some of the lesser things probably don't warrant it based on past activity. But, you know, we've done pretty well. Do you know some of your videos, Chris, some of your PAX videos have over 83,000 views? I did not know that, actually. We need to monetize that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. There's one that you apparently did with um, (sighs) Tara. You would think the Sakaguchi interview you did would be gangbusters. No. It's like like, like 500 people. Yeah. One video you did for like Wildstar or something, 83,000 views. Wait, really? For Wildstar? It's just like some, I don't know what game it was, but it's some weird game. You, okay. you got to look at those numbers. They're in, like you wouldn't believe the the videos that do well and the videos that when you would think, oh, I got an exclusive interview with this Japanese developer. Two views. <laughs> here's here's me playing a Nintendo DS version on the show floor of this game that's out already. Those I, 6, I know. 000, yes, those I know. Views. Yeah. Well, they weren't. It wasn't out at the time. Those were a big deal because nobody was putting up any sort of coverage of them. Is why like uh like Golden Sun on the DS was important because the. Nintendo wasn't showing them off in any special way. You just had to go walk up, ask, can I take a video of that? And he's like, yeah, as long as they can see your hand in the video, sure, go for it. I'm like, okay, it's, great. Yeah, it's, it, you, you always think you know what your audience likes, but man, when you actually see numbers and you see what they're actually clicking on, it's very interesting. And that was, that was actually shot, the first one of those was shot with just like a flip handheld video cam. It was, I was just standing there. I was the tripod trying to hold it as still as possible. I had the dude play through the demo for me. It was crazy you know what's weird that 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 video that i arranged with uh with me and ed before you guys went to go see um the borderlands telltales game it was like literally like a two-second interview i had to go like okay let's go let's set it up okay you're here from lunch great how's it going everyone how's it tell me about your game oh that's amazing great okay thank you bye that has like five thousand views (laughs) (laughs) it's obscene and like other ones where i sat down and we prepared we got mic'd up we arranged the lighting it was like a 20-minute talk like five guys it's You're absurd. right. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the Natsume videos? Or or even the one I did with uh, Tomas Gulp of um who did that that clone of uh Dark Souls? Mhm. What was it called? The Namco one. Oh, no, I don't remember the name, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. We we you just seen it. We we got a nice couch, we set up the lighting. We really we literally spent like 10 minutes of prep time. We introduced each other. Like, so you and I go, you're going to introduce yourself. I don't know that 10 minutes is that much prep time, but I I see what you're saying. It's the ones that you just catch someone in the hall, this will be interesting and talk to them and those yeah. are the one people care about because so, they stand out. They're unique. They no one else has them. So hopefully I'm thinking like this year we need if, to do if, more if, like if, that. Absolutely. If if you go to an appointment and a game impresses you, or you think, oh, no one's going to cover this. It might be like some really nice exclusive we get. Then just ask them in there. You guys got five minutes. We'll set this up. We'll do something. I think those. that's what we need to be doing more of. Gorilla, gorilla interviews. Gorilla okay. video. Yep. And it, it's just fascinating. That means Chris anyway, has got to get the AdSense working on those YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you got to start paying for all these. If, if, paying the for funny the thing is, though, is we joke, but it, it, a lot of that money goes, especially since, Chris, you're, I have to admit, you're a pretty good steward of this site so far. And you're, in your short tenure, you are putting a lot of that money that RP Gamer makes and you're putting it directly back into the site, which is well, really great. You realize there's two benefits to that. One, you guys don't lynch me for keeping the money that you guys are earning by putting content up on this site. Two, I don't have to pay taxes on it. 
because it's a business expense if I spend it on the site. So I, hey, either way, though, I I mean, I think it's great. I mean, we're uh, we're we're a very every- long way from anybody actually making income on this. But if we can use no, it to no. like offset the cost of hotel rooms and stuff, that I think that's awesome. Or at the very least, like make it less of a burden for yeah. people to write for free for this site. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, everybody benefits. And we're gonna hopefully put a bunch of money into like site redesign and stuff or something. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Believe me, no one knows more than us that this site looks like it's from the early 2000s. No, we know. We <laughs> we make fun of ourselves for it all the time. All right, so uh, some more news. Uh, Shaman is coming to Pokemon Shuffle as part of a celebration of it hitting four million downloads. Yeah, I really like him. Did you get it? Well, he's on Twitter, and we talk all the time. No, no, Shaman the Pokemon, not oh. the not the not the listener. Now you tell me. Yeah, sorry, but he Shaman the listener can come too. Yay! Okay. Corpse Party Blood Drive, a sequel to a game that we do cover, is coming to Vita this fall. And let's see, you'll get a. It'll have a limited edition that comes with the soundtrack. And it is the first game in the series that's 3D because it's not made in RPG Maker. <laughs> um, or if it is, it's a more modern RPG Maker, but I don't think it is. And so I don't know where that fits okay. in to the... Whoa, what? Okay, what? No, sorry. I just have some breaking news on Twitter. Hit me um, with it. Amaz- hmm? Hit me with it. What's up? Okay, so you know Amazon Video Games? They've been doing this contest, if you follow them on Twitter, where every day leading up to E3, they're having a countdown and they're giving away... Um, something special from that year of E3 starting from like 1998 so in the first year they or earlier so they gave they already gave away a virtual boy what <laughs> I, I'm not kidding then they gave away um, a copy of Duke Nukem Forever where is this and then Who's yesterday Twitter? they gave out a solid snake action figure from the PlayStation 1 version whose Twitter is this uh, Amazon video game uh, just at, at Amazon games today they're giving out a Dreamcast <laughs> so if you want a Dreamcast, go retweet that. I already own a Dreamcast. Yeah, but do you, yeah, I was gonna say Chris, even I own a Dreamcast. An unboxing video for a brand new 2015 Dreamcast. <laughs> it's not gonna be brand new. I bet you it is. Come on. At the very least, it'll come with the box. I hope. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty funny that. Hey, you want a Dreamcast? They, you, okay. know what the, you know what else they are giving away? Is uh, a uh, skinned Elder Scrolls Online Xbox or PS4. Oh, totally. Um, I think it's a simple contest. You go on their Twitter page, you vote for the one that you like the most, no. and you have a chance of winning one. It says follow and retweet for a chance to win. That's, That's it. it. Go That's for it, it, dude. Yeah. So I'm doing that. Oh, one. they look pretty decent. The PS4, I think it looks the best. Oh, there we and go. Our look- Robin Amiibo is now sold out. Looks like... It, you you could have followed it all on uh, Amazon Games, Anna. Mm. We tried to get Amiibos I, last night. Oh, my goodness. It did not work. I went uh, to both Targets in my city, on the on, well, at least my side of the city. They didn't have any of the new ones in stock. Uh, the newest, yourself, the newest Amiibos I could find was a Princess Peach, a Mario, and a Luigi from the Mario Party yeah, set. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem that we run into, Manny, is we're not going all Skylanders on this. We're not collecting them all. 
But the thing is, is that we have a game now, codenamed Steam, and a game coming out, Fire Emblem If, that both use these amiibos. And so she wants okay. them all. She wants all the Fire Emblem ones. So I want the Fire Emblem ones. It's the same and I was like, I, I kind of wanted to ones. see some of the squid ones in the three pack and like nothing, nothing no. available in store. Anna went on uh, Amazon.com to get some to try and get them as they were released. And that was a freaking ridiculous thing. Did you see what they did? Did every you hear about this, Manny? Every 30 minutes, they no. had a window. Yeah, every 30 minutes, amiibo. it was a new, it was a window. And sometime in that 30-minute window, they would put the Amiibo up for sale. And so you basically had to spend four and a half hours of your life just sitting there clicking refresh to try and get all of them. Um, we just wanted a couple, so we only wasted a little, uh, you know, an hour and a half. But still, it's, it's stupid. You know what I'm going to say this? I, I said this once and I'll say it again. I am so happy that this Amiibo thing started in my late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Because, and especially now that I've entered this phase where I want less things in my life, period. Mm-hmm. So I have zero interest in plastic stuff at this point. That's and a I'm good so plan. happy. Yeah, you, I'm just, that's, yeah oh. that's the right way. Ideally, I want to give away most of my things or sell it. And just really all I want is like a handful of computers. And that's pretty much it. That's all I really want. A, no, like a, a, a tablet, my cell phone... A couple of computers. Which MacBook you do you want? What MacBook? Yeah, which MacBook would you go for right now? Um, like just the MacBook MacBook, um, an updated Air, the Pro, the Pro Retina. If I had to choose right now, right now, I would totally get the the thin one port MacBook. Okay. Because I don't use my MacBook. laptop as much as I use my desktop, and at the few times that I've needed to use a laptop and I had to put it in my bag, it was a burden. So someone's telling me that the MacBook Air is better performing than the new MacBook. Um, in some regards. That doesn't make sense to me. Cause oh, like, it, it's because it has a because the Broadwell Core M chip yeah. is the equivalent of like a twenty eleven, twenty twelve, like thirteen inch MacBook, oh. as opposed to the new. Uh, I think they're using Broadwell. Why are they trading off like that? Like, isn't the MacBook supposed to be more powerful than the Air? Because the Air is smaller than the MacBook MacBook, isn't it? Like, why would you... Wouldn't that be your lowest power one? And then the one that's a little no, bigger it, it, should it, be more powerful? This, this is a lot of what they're doing now is scenes. Uh, they're setting a lot of scenes right now, sort of setting the stage. They're building their production pipeline for these new Macs, which are going to go forward. In a couple of years, there won't be any Airs anymore. It'll just be the MacBook. Especially, okay. And then by then, the Core M will have caught up and it'll be much better and but in the meantime you you get out there and you start building your your machines and your factories to produce these fanless machines you start getting people used to USB-C you start producing retina only machines it's a, it's a a lot of it is like this is the computer of the future but you can have it right now if you want it okay hmm all right and for some people, if you travel a lot, if you're on a computer, I mean, I mean, if you're on a plane and you need to open, you know, a computer on a desk tray, if you carry your computer on your back every single day to work, I mean, those that those savings, if, if it's as light, it's as big and as light as an iPad. I already have an with iPad. a retina screen. See that? Okay, with the retina screen, which my iPad also has. But okay. Yeah, I mean, you could totally just uh, hook up a keyboard. Yeah, that I know. Microsoft yeah. keyboard is pretty good. But like I said, it's nice to have options. Maybe you're the person who needs to run OS X instead of iOS, so you, you have that thin and light option now. Which Microsoft keyboard? Oh, the one that everyone says is the Microsoft... Um, oh, I have it on my wish list. I can open it up in one second. I would love to know what that is. 
Um, yeah, the, um, the Verge just did a, a iPad keyboard roundup, and this this was their number one pick. And it seems to be getting rave reviews from everyone, including the people on Amazon. And it's and it's um, it's actually universal. It works for Android, for Windows, and for for iOS. And it comes with the stand, and it has a nice clicky keyboard. It's called the Microsoft Universal Mobile Keyboard for iPad, iPhone, Android devices, and Windows tablets. And it is like sixty dollars. Microsoft Universal Mobile Keyboard. And you know, Microsoft has been doing great work with their hardware design recently. I know people make fun of the Surface, but it's actually a really well-designed piece of hardware. Oh, no, Surface 3 is a nice little machine. Oh, oh even gosh. their uh, even their their first entry into wearables, their the Microsoft Band, is a solid designed product. Cool. It took them a few years, but they actually know how to build something that actually works for the most part. Yeah, and this thing has a stand, so you can. Just, it's a small little thing. You fold it up. Cool. I'm trying to find that keyboard roundup on the Verge, and I can't. So. I'm oh, it's gonna... one of the recent. Oh, the, it got probably. I think it got buried under the, all the Google I/O coverage. Hmm. Did anyone follow that Google I/O? Was there anything big for gaming? I didn't follow it. All right. Um, actually, I I I watched um Tom Merritt's tech daily tech news show. I saw the roundup on that, but there wasn't much interesting coming out of it. Like um, some updates it, it, to Nexus and stuff, and uh, who cares? The basic thing for people who just want a quick rundown of that, all you need to know, if you, if you have an Android phone, Android M is going to be like a, the Snow Leopard. If you know if you know what I mean, it's just it's going to be a lot of under the bug fixes, a few like one or two big key features, but most of it's going to be making the software, the hardware, I mean the software run better on the hardware and making sure apps run better as well and so making it more secure do they have a new seven inch tablet announced no it wasn't really much of a hardware show this year they're just making uh android wear better and they're making their mobile operating system better oh and the rep- they have android pay now to replace google wallet okay so i don't see this keyboard article. i'll give you the link yeah give me the link later Right. But it's totally an Amazon. It's sixty bucks. I'm, I'm probably gonna get one myself. That looks mm-hmm. pretty good. There you go. That was your five second tech roundup. <laughs> oh, mobile keyboards, mobile keyboards. All right. So, console versions of Divinity: Original Sin are going to have some features because they're enhancing them. Remember. Uh, so let's see. It's going to have controller support, of course. Local co-op with split screen. Fully voice characters, enhanced graphics and sound effects, as well as new gameplay modes and character builds. Plus, it'll have a totally reworked story with new quests, characters, and other content, as well as a completely new ending to discover. And uh, they're going to show off more at E3. And, of course, PC players are getting patches with all this stuff, too. So, there you go. That's nice. Nintendo put out a Humble Bundle. What? Yeah, the Humble Nindy Bundle, which is a great name. Nindies. They actually say Nindies in interviews now, too. Nice. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, what else should I say about that? It is a thing. Humble Nindy Bundle, 3DS and Wii U games. Uh, if you care, it's uh, Guacamelee, Woe Dave... Mighty Switch Force, The Fall, Ali Ali, Moon Chronicles, Stealthing 2, and SteamWorld Dig. And potentially... More. More. Yeah. Well, there is more. Um, some of it may have been leaked. 
Ah, that's right. They leaked it on an advertisement on of the Wii the, U. On the Wii U. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um. Let's see. What's next? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, we got okay. Um, let's see. I want to do that later. So first, this, this. Hey, come on. This, this. Oh, I have some things out of order here. I apologize. All right, first off, the next Bravely game, you know, like Bravely Default, Bravely Second, the next Bravely game is apparently probably going to be, we're currently thinking about whether or not a sequel would be more appropriate or if a completely new title would be more appropriate, says Asano, who is the, what is he, the series producer. So it sounds like they might be, it sounds like people on the development team are pushing to do a completely new game rather than a sequel. So I'm okay with that. Keep things fresh. Keep it new rather than, you know, just re-releasing the same thing 25 times like the rest of the game industry is doing. Persona 4 dancing all night. Speaking of newness, (laughs) that dancing game, it's coming out. And in addition to DLC where you can dress up your guys as girls, um, you can, uh, they announced a dancing all night edition coming to North America. I want it. Or it's the Disco Fever edition. Excuse me. Dancing all night is the name of the game. You get two discs of Persona 4 music remixes, including re- arrangements from the RPG as well as new music created for Dancing All Night. So, yes, we are getting this. A Persona 4 Dancing All Night themed PS Vita pouch featuring a teddy design. Two sets of paid DLC outfits, a GeckoCon High Cool uniform set and the Summer Break outfit set. Uh, additionally, the song Nevermore will be included as a bonus playable song. You get a keychain based on the belt buckle design on Teddy's Persona 4 dancing jumpsuit and custom packaging. And if anyone at RPG Gamer would like to buy and play this game and write an impression or review for Elements, let me know. <laughs> Disco, Edition Fe- Disco Fever Edition will be 80 bucks US, 100 bucks Canadian. Regular version is 50 bucks. So this is totally just like related to the RPG series, but it's not like any RPG. In, oh, in no, not itself, at all. Right? Yeah, no RPG okay. at all. It is a rhythm dancing yeah. thingy. So totally look for coverage from somebody eventually from RPG Gamer on Elements. I have I have a story ready to go. I have a review from Glenn Wilson. I just need a little bit more content to actually post it. Otherwise, it's going to be one solitary thing. I'm looking for content. It'll happen. Anna? Hmm? Oh, give me a second here. Oh, she's got content for me? No. Oh. Well, you got to get my hopes up. Yeah, I'm sorry to get your hopes up. I just wanted to let her know that as of now, I have pre-ordered the Dancing All Night Yay! Disco Fever Edition. <laughs> on on uh, Amazon, I didn't realize also, it was Chris, up for pre-order already. So. No, when I sent you that link the other day, it wasn't up yet. Okay. All right, what's that, Manny? Oh, check your the Skype channel. There's your video. My video? Oh, it was a video. Yeah. That's weird. I I like to look at articles for this sort of stuff. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty good demonstration when he tries to use all of these keyboards in his lap and they only one of them works. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe one. I should look at the video then. That would give me a better sense of how they fit. Uh, the only thing I don't like about this keyboard is, like most other um, Bluetooth keyboards aimed at the tablet market, is it's very narrow. I would kind of prefer a full-size one. Yeah. Hmm. Less portable that way, though. I'm okay with that. I'm thinking like the Bluetooth keyboard Apple sells, right? 
Because yeah, that's it totally Bluetooth works. and it's a full-size keyboard. And Just got to throw that in your bag if you want it. Yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. Oh, I have to think about this. Uh, this is compatible with everything. That's nice, too. Uh, oh, it's HID technology, whatever that is. There means. you go. This is the game. How much money can we get Chris to spend in a single RPG cast? So far, we're up to 80 bucks. Will it go higher? Hey, I won't be charged for that till September when the game comes out. So... $80, let's go. Can we get? Can we add $60 to that price? Oh, man. He's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. No, no. I'm shutting this down because we got, we got, we got news. Uh, the, the, well, we talked about that. Um, okay. We got reviews is what we've got. We got a retro view up for Quest of Glory 1 by Michael Baker. Yeah, that's an old game. Like an old game. So you can go check that out. Uh, we got a retro view up for Yakuza 1 by Mike Menke. Did you die did? Did you die did? Is that a line in the game? I don't know what that means. Did I die did? What does that mean? No one's going to say It's just silence. Did you die? Oh, no, I'm talking. All right, all right. We have uh, a review up of Last Word which is the kind of conversational RPG battle system thing that we talked about last week by Alex Fuller. You can go check that out. And we have a review, an import review up of Blue Forest Story, Kaze no Fuin, Fuin, or something like that. Uh, that's a, for PlayStation 1 by Michael Baker. So that's another older game. Uh, not quite as old as Quest for Glory, I don't think. So check that out. And now is my fun part. I could tell you how to save some money. All right. <clears throat> All right, when you're done, I do got two new stories that you guys probably oh. don't want to talk about. Well, then you should start now. Cause... Okay, okay, okay. So I'll start with the small one. So pretty exciting. This month's Games of Gold, for, I mean for June, the Games of Gold for June are on Xbox 360. We got a I'm Just sorry. Cause. It, just, you just said the Games of Gold for June are exciting? Cause yeah. I, okay. What are they? Why do you not? Do you find that hard um, to believe? The yeah, because I was just listening to the Cheap Ass Gamer podcast where they were talking about how Microsoft is really screwing up the games with gold stuff lately. Really, because and they need to put I've some more real, some great real titles up there. Um, really, because I've played a lot of these a games. A lot of pool effects. You know, maybe if you play that was just one month though. Two months in a row. What was the other thing in the row that was bad? No, two months in a row of pool effects. No, no, no. That's what they always do. Is they they. That's they have one game that's – they put one game at the forefront on Xbox One and then the next month it gets pushed to the to the second back. So there's always two free games and then next month there's this free game. So in July, the, the game I'm about to mention will still be free. It's sort of like this this queue and then they'll put a new one there. OK. All right. Hit me up. Get me excited. Yeah. Also, you know, I, I think those cheap-ass gamers guys probably play everything new when it comes out. So the stuff probably isn't that exciting to them. But anyway – so on X, I, I'll just say this one just a minute. Xbox 360, uh, Just Cause 2. If you haven't played that, it's a good opportunity to blow a lot of stuff up. Just Cause hooks. 2 is pretty old. All right. I've never played it, so I'm excited. All right. And then Thief, which I probably will download, but I pro- I'll probably uh, never play. But not the current, not the Xbox One version of Thief, right? No, 360. Yeah, that's an issue. It should Why? be like the real version of Thief. What, no, what no, no, no. They're, they're yeah, Xbox yeah, yeah. One game that they're... No, it's fine. Because the Xbox One game I'm about to mention, I'm really excited for. Oh, what is and it? And the reason why I even brought it up. Uh, it's actually going to be Massive Chalice. Oh! 
Okay. On launch day, they're gonna it's gonna be free for Xbox One players. All right, that that's more forgivable then. I mean, and I'm listing this here because if if we cover XCOM, we certainly should cover Massive Chalice. Because like as of today, right now, the games with which gold, is just, are, which is just like XCOM with a new twist. So that's so you're not familiar. This is the game where XCOM style combat. You're a you're you're an eternal king, and you control these bloodlines. And you have these people have kids and breed, and then you make them fight this encroaching corruption on your kingdom. And it's going to be, I think it's starting on June 1st. It'll leave early access, and it'll be uh, the point one release will be on June 1st for Windows, Mac, and Linux, I think. And then it's going to be on Xbox One for free for Gold members on the first. And I, I, I bet you anything, it's going to get like a a tablet release eventually okay so yeah yeah massive chalice totally cool i mean brand new game that people have been excited for i was i wanted to try it out on the xbox one but i probably wouldn't have bought it since i already have the the steam version so i'm excited to check it out neato that's an improvement from this this month's or this half of the month's uh current games with golds are pool nation fx Castle Storm Definitive Edition, which, while it's an okay game, is not much of an offering, and F1 2013. I don't see what the problem is. I mean, if it was a good game when it came out. No, that's a problem. F1 2013 is completely irrelevant right now. As far as position. So so when you play, you can't race around on a track? (laughs) You don't see the issue. No, I okay. legitimately do not. I totally I've seen disagree. Something. I totally disagree that like well, that's that is great. not a relevant game anymore. <laughs> I like how just because the data's changed, now we can never play this game and never have fun with it. First of all, F1 games are a niche title to begin with. To then give people an old version of the F1 game, oh, who cares? Nobody's going to Xbox to pick up the, oh, Games with Gold is so awesome. They gave me an F1 game from two years ago that I don't care about. Like, where's the fun in that? Where's the excitement? Where's the where's Or the thing? maybe a lot of people. And then the other one on Xbox One is a pool game? I mean, for heaven's sake, put out some sort of real AAA title. They got nothing on here. I 1,000% disagree. I mean, I cannot disagree more. Okay. Because if you're happy I've... with Pool Nation and F1 2013, neither of which you're playing, by the way, are you? Okay, first let me let me start from the beginning. Okay, okay so first off, it is I, I don't know what you expect every single month because I expect even PlayStation, like PlayStation Plus, Plus doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah they do. They do well, really because I better saw job the month this. PlayStation Plus like last month, and I thought or this month, I'm like I don't want to play any of these. My problem with all these surfaces is they don't have RPGs. So Metal Gear Solid doesn't count. As a as a good as a good addition as a better addition than F one twenty thirteen. Calls of the Shogun <laughs> doesn't count as a better edition than, than... I don't want to play any of those, no. Okay. Right. And that's the thing, though. This is I mean, you're, you're throwing this down like they're failing when it's all right. so subjective. And especially since you, we're acting like this, this, this game, this racing game, is compl- like, isn't an actual real game that you could play and have fun with. I mean, you. I mean, can I not load it up and race around the track and maybe find out, oh, this game's pretty good. Are there new F1 games out? There are newer F one games out, yes, and 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 especially since this, we're coming off of April when they gave when they gave out double games. Do you remember? I mean, it's just kind of weird because we just came out of April on Games of Gold and they gave out double the games. I'm trying to find the link to what they actually were. Do you know them off the top of their head? The ones that they did? No, I don't. Games of Gold for April. 
I but they did double. Didn't they have like Raymond and stuff on there? And Pool Nation was still a part of it. And I don't know. Hold on one sec. Okay, so for April Games of Gold, it was Child of Light, Terraria, Gears of War Judgment, Black Flag, Army of Two, and Pool Nation. Mm. I just don't see what the problem is with the, with the pool game. I mean, I'm sure there are people who downloaded it and had fun playing pool with it. Mm-hmm. I. If you don't like it, I, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say to that. I I guess you're, the expectation is there should be something I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to play this. Every I, yeah, I think there should be something more substantive or or that's a bigger deal than Pool Nation effects in F1 2013. And Castle Storm Definitive Edition. That, that, that doesn't seem like there's any substance there to me. Substance? That's kind of insulting to those poor indie developers. It but. is, yeah. I, and I'm saying Microsoft is focusing a bit too much on the poor indie developers for their for pulling those games of gold from. See, from my perspective, is I'd be paying for gold anyway, mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, it's not like the Sony thing, right? Where a lot of people started because of PlayStation Plus mm-hmm. getting the games. Okay. I, I I'm locked in for the next several years. The Xbox One. If they want to throw some games my way that I've never played before. I am totally okay with that. And that's fine. And some will be great. Some I don't want to play. I mean, even like that PlayStation 1 thing that you listed, I don't want to play that Metal Gear game. Okay. I mean, I, I, it's just so subjective. You say, say that's substantial to me. Like, oh, my first thought was, what? They're giving out that crappy demo? So, I mean, so games with Gold May was like Pool, Castle Storm, F1, and then what was in the first half of May? Anything? That was just like I say, some months are off. I okay. like the PlayStation thing for me. That that month, I'm like, oh, that's not a good month. Maybe next okay. month. Right. And for some people, are like that's great. But even if you bought, uh, even if you bought, let's say a lot of people who are hardcore PlayStation, they bought Metal Gear at launch. Then how great is that month for them? Actually. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. I don't know. It's just it's just weird because it's just like the, the, the F1 game works. You can play it. You can go around the track. You can have some fun. What's the problem? Uh, in this in this in this world of having tons of games, if the game isn't that interesting, who cares? Yeah, but then you ask me some strange questions. I've been thinking about like last time I yeah. talked about how the game was an okay game or yeah. like it was like three stars at the end. He says, "Is that even worth your time?" And it's like I don't even know how to respond to that. Right. It's such like to me that's such a bizarre question because I don't even because it's like you're asking I should like it kind of feels like I should consult Metacritic first and then I can consider whether game's worth my time. Well, that's only it's, if you trust the reviews there. I, that's the thing though. I don't trust reviews. Period. Okay. Well, then you can't use a review to decide if it's worth your time. No, because like for example, if I would have done that, I never would have played uh, which was another Xbox Games with Gold game, which I'm sure the people said. <laughs> was on Sniper Elite V2. And if I would have looked at the reviews, I would have been like, this game's a three game. It's not worth my time. I actually played it over a weekend. I had a blast. I thought it was a lot of fun. I bought Sniper Elite 3. And I, you know what I mean? I, I had a lot of fun playing that. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was a small game that did exactly what it meant out to do. Go shoot, some, snipe some, some Nazis. It was a quick story. I went through it. I played it. I had fun. I walked away. You know what? That was a solid way to spend a little, like uh, half the weekend. Nice three stars. I walked away. Yes, that three star game in that case was worth my time. See, I don't know. That that seems like a all right. Fair enough. Yep. 
right. I, like I said, I can't answer that question. I, I don't know something that like people kept on telling me that um uh that show Girls on HBO was amazing. It's what a great show. I watched it. I was bored out of mind and turned it off. People keep on telling me how amazing worth my time uh, Mad Men is. I tried watching like a season, thought it was boring. I turned it off. Mm-hmm. It's all of this stuff is so subjective. I don't, and you don't know what a three star is until you put the time and effort into knowing that it's a three star or a two star or one star. Mm. Look at all the people who told me Assassin's Creed Unity was a, was garbage, hot garbage. If I listened to them, I never would have tried it. I played it. And I had some. Oh, fun I think I, you and and Alice are both crazy, but that's okay. Really? Because I hated Black Flag. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so, the, dif- the, dif- the difference between me and Manny is I liked Black Flag. So even in that case, there's no, like, it's, that's the, I think that's, that's the so point weird. where reviews just don't matter to me anymore. Yeah. They just do not matter. I, I'm learning this. Older I get, reviews are worthless. They are a waste of your time unless they're telling you this game is broken. If, if there's a technical review, this game is broken. Do not buy it. And with that, folks, I want to encourage you all to go over to rpgamer.com and check out our latest <laughs> reviews. <laughs> smooth. Real smooth. I know. It's weird, but it's like, like let me, last example I'll give, and I'll walk, and we'll just, I'll tell you the last story and we'll move on. Please. Is, um, is I remember listening to a podcast and where, where um, somebody was talking about how Forza Horizon 2 just seemed like such a bad game. It was like, oh, it's such a disappointment. It's not very good. And they were explaining why it was bad. Like, ugh. Like, the way they set up the tracks, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a real Forza game where they have these tracks that are based but on real Everything they were saying you liked, I bet. Absolutely. The, all the reasons they were describing why the game was bad, I was like, really? Because the game you're describing that you want to play, I never want to touch. <laughs> and then, so and the game they were describing, I was like, yeah, that totally sounds fine. I don't care if it's not a real track. I don't want to play that kind of game. So it just goes to show you, I, get to know the person's personality. I, well, I will say this. What matters more than a score is why. Why do you not like this game? And then Wait. list the reasons very specifically. But then why I have not- to read it. I want to just look at the Metacritic. Come on. I don't have time for reading, understanding. That, I think podcast. I don't read reviews anymore because I just listen to people yeah. talk about games on podcasts at yeah. this point. And that, that's so much more because I get to see their personality and like, oh, this guy really likes Splatoon. Oh, I never want to play that game. <laughs> so, okay. I will say this, though. Can we at least agree that Massive Challenge should be pretty awesome for Xbox One games? Yes, I think that's a cool, a cool pickup. Uh, release that right. game that's free. Or, yeah, free. That's nice. All right. And maybe we can play Gears of War Judgment since we both got that one gold. Mm-hmm. I will say this though, the, like the PlayStation Three, three hundred and sixty stuff, I kind of don't even care that much about anymore. Period. Okay, last final story, and we're done. Let's wrap this up. Let's go home. Okay. So you guys, you guys all know you've all heard the story, right? Um, about how you Final said Fantasy. What the story is? About how Final Fantasy got its name. Yes. Yes. So what's the story? Just refresh my memory. Um, it was going to be their last game. Yeah. So this was their Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. Yes. Their last chance at it. Yep. So Kotaku had an interview with Sakaguchi or something like this. And that story is complete BS. Okay. Yeah, of course it is. So what's the real story? Apparently, they just wanted a name. They, they just want... Sakaguchi liked the way uh, the abbreviation... They just wanted a game with the abbreviation FF. Because it sounded... The FU, FU send the knives to uh, Japanese ears. And they were eventually going to be like something like Fighting Fantasy, but another company took it. So they said, uh, how about Final Fantasy? 
and they were, and he said like, yeah, sure, it was dire times, and sure the company might have gone under if this wasn't successful. But honestly, anything with Neff would have done. <laughs> it could have been frugal fantasy for all he cared. He just wanted fu fu. All right, that's good to know. It could have been fabulous fantasy. He didn't. Was setting the records straight. It could have been forever fantasy, but that's funny though because uh, everyone's actually like, true. Oh. He's like, no, we didn't care. We just wanted fu fu. That's all we wanted. <laughs> all right, so now I'm going to save you some money, folks. All right, here we go. First off. 25% off Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, Heaven's Word, Collector's Edition sort of thing. So this is a, this is a Green Man Gaming deal. It expires June 1st. Uh, Silicon Era has a full rundown of these deals with links. I'm trying to figure out how I can get you the... Uh, if you go to Deals On and just look for, uh, for Realm Reborn and Heaven's Word, you'll see it. You save 25% um, off that. Alice, for Heaven's Word, do we need to buy Heaven's Word to be able to play Heaven's Word? I have to pay yes, 40 bucks yes, for it's that? A, it's, it's a paid expansion pack. Okay, so 25% off makes it 30 bucks, which still seems too expensive to me, but I guess not. Anna, do we need to buy that now? Um, Are we going to play Heaven's Word at all? Or no? Are you, guys, no. are you guys level 50? No. Have then you we... finished the main story? No. no. Oh, okay, then you don't need to buy it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. you Save me 40 bucks. All right, or 30 bucks. Ju- uh, the Xbox One Assassin's Creed Unity bundle is 25% off at, uh, let's see, deals on's the link. Oh, it's on eBay. So somebody named Blue Tech is selling it. So if you want to save money on an Xbox One, you can sit, get some for cheap there, apparently. Bayonetta 2's on sale. Oh, who cares about that? I think I would recommend getting the Master Chief collection instead, especially since they have yeah. that limited edition white console. If you care about a white console, there you go. Oh, uh, oh also... um. Remember how they were giving out ODST for free because the game was broken when it came out? That is available now, and if you if you qualify, it should be in your in your DMs on Xbox. Cool. Which are oh, yeah? It's actually and if you didn't if you don't qualify, it's only five dollars. Great. So, Witcher Three is on sale thirty six bucks after the coupon on Green Man Gaming. Again, you can find that on Deals on D E A L Z O N if you've never used it before. Uh, kind of a neat site. Uh, let's see any other RPG re- relevant ones. Wild Stars on sale for half off, which I think is funny since I thought it went free to play. Do you still have to pay for Wild Star even though it's free to play? That's weird. Oh, it's not free to play yet. That's right. Okay. And no, uh, Magicka Two's on sale on Steam for twelve bucks. And. That's it. Oh, Lord of the Rings War in the North for four dollars on Steam. Oh wait, that one expired. You can ignore that one. Don't buy it. <laughs> Don't buy it anyway. <laughs> uh let's see. All right. More relevant deals. That's because apparently we like that noise in Japanese. <laughs> that might have to be our podcast title. <laughs> no, we like that noise in Japanese. We like that noise in Japanese. <laughs> Uh, there's a digital. Yeah, here it is. Uh, new release on Xbox One is Rogue Legacy for fifteen bucks, twenty percent off if you got gold. This is North American region stuff. North America continues with sales. Bloodborne on sale on on PS4. Dark Souls Two on sale on PS4. Far Cry Four on PS4. Dark Souls Two, Dead Island, Dead Island Riptide, Far Cry Three Four, Risen Three, Sacred Three, Time and Eternity. All those on sale on PS3. 
Atelier Aisha Plus, The Alchemist of Dust is on sale on Vita. Wait, is that the first one in the series? I don't know. You will have to research it. Hyperdimension Noir, Goddess Blackheart's on sale on Vita. Orashika, Tainted Bloodlines is on sale on Vita. And Chris might pull the trigger on that because I'm actually interested it's in that. It's Aisha, The Alchemist of Dust? Yes. Then, yes. It's okay. And Grinzia is on sale on 3DS. Did it get patched? I if don't not, know. not worth it. If it did, then totally worth it. I don't really remember what it is. Uh, it's a chemcore RPG. Oh, okay. In Europe, you have a much smaller list. Rogue Legacy is out now. Hyperdimension Neptunia U Action Unleashed is out now, and Fossil Fighters is out now. Is out now. Um, sorry, Rogue Legacy on the one, Hyperdimension Neptunia U on the Vita, and Fossil Fighters on the 3DS. And with that, the new releases for the next week are as follows. On PS4, Legend of K Anniversary comes out. The Escapists come out. Uh, nothing listed here for PS3, which is weird. Xbox One gets Massive Chalice, and it is free if you are on gold. Uh, this article says it's 20 bucks, so that's not right. It would be free. As we just so if learned. you don't have gold, I'm sure you can if buy it's, it. If you don't have gold, it would be like 30 bucks, I think. Uh, I think it's 20 Oh, okay. So this pricing is completely wrong on this page. Um, Wii U gets the following. Bela Latino. Don't Starve Giant Edition. Legend of K Anniversary, Mega Man Battle Network 4 Blue, Battle, Mega Man Battle Network 4 Red, and Mega Man Zero Three. Those are all GBA games, I believe. Rival Turf, which might also be a GBA game based on the price here. I've never heard of it. And Splatoon, of course, is out now. Along with some uh, Amiibos for Splatoon, which unlock more single-player levels. 3DS gets GG Series Wonderland. What? Glory of Generals, The Pacific. And that's it. And PC gets the following. <clears throat> Agapan, Airport Madness, World Edition, Arkalom 3D, Chips Challenge 1 and 2, Hatred, Flame Over Man, or no, it's just called Flame Over, Flicks the Flea, Gaokao.love.100 Days, Homesick, Horizon Shift, Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 2, Sisters Generation, which I know is on sale right now. Intergalactic Bubbles, Legend of K Anniversary, Loco Land, Kung Fury, Street Rage, Massive Chalice, Pillar, Pixel Dungeon. It's like the Nintendo download. I know. Serpent in the Staglands, Stargazer, The Fruit of Grisaya, and finally, <laughs> The Silent Age. You know what? If this... If- life had like a 30 second forward button I would have hit it twice already I, I enjoy going through those lists because sometimes you hear some weird things like the fruit of Grisaya what the heck is the fruit oh, did you ever cover this Legend of Grimrock is on iPad yeah we, we covered that last week cool yeah. wow fruit of Grisaya is an expensive game it's 32 bucks on sale it's normally 40 six fruits bear their fangs at the world it is this is uh, publisher Sakai Project. I feel like we've talked about this. Oh, is this a visual novel? Yeah. This is a visual novel. Oh, no wonder it's expensive. Mm. I wonder if this was on Playism. I feel like, yeah. Okay, anyway. Nice. So you can go watch this visual novel. Uh <laughs> 
<sighs> tech, uh, tech Gaming points out that Kung Fury Street Rage and Flame Over actually look interesting on the PC. So, whatever. Anna, do you want to Rebirth 2 on the PC? Um, not right now. Not right now? It's on sale for half off. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you don't care. We're going to wait for a Steam sale where it's a dollar. <laughs> Support developers! Yay! <laughs> eh, screw developers. I, I'm the guy who buys Humble Bundles and puts the slider 100% on charity. And then <laughs> pays the minimum. <laughs> And then wonders why... Why is everyone going out of business? You know what? That was a good game. Why don't they make a new one of those? (laughs) Oh, wait. They went out of business and the guy killed himself because he couldn't feed us. Okay. It's all my fault. Did you see uh, Darksiders 2 is getting a definitive edition? No, I did not. That's a game... Apparently it's... Wait, by Mm who? THQ's gone. Oh, but... uh, What's it called? Uh, They bought the rights. The people who do Dead Island? Nordic Games, is it? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say silver, whatever. No, deep, sil- deep silver. It's either deep silver or, or Nordic. Some one of them. I know those got split up. But yeah, definitive edition, which is weird. I started playing it on Xbox and I had to like the... It just kind of feels like a slower, more boring Zelda game. What, Darksiders 2? Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. People mentioned that Darksiders 2 just had some issues that need to be fixed. And so if they fix them, that's... That's interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure you have it as an Xbox One Games of Gold. Yeah, but I don't want to play it. who cares, right? It's I, old. No, I just don't want to play it um, yeah, based on what I've heard from people. So I should well, try well, it. Try it for yourself. Try it for yourself. Like I said, I mean, you just told me it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing, though. The reasons why I didn't like... Yeah, well, here's my issue, Manny. I'm uh, much more interested in playing the first Darksiders, which everyone really kind of generally praise i can recommend wholeheartedly yes, yeah and absolutely. i haven't played that yet so that's what i will do first i would totally say that yes yeah. darksiders one is a better game yeah so i will you know my problem with darksiders 2 was it felt like it was over it felt like they were stretching for the sake of stretching mm. they're like oh we have an epic 40 hour quest oh so you mean world. the problem with all the modern zelda games pretty much where they're like 40 hours too long and it was like, go over here and get this thing so you can go open this thing. And it's going to be this big dungeon that takes an hour and a half to complete. And then that's, that was just to get one part of the puzzle to open this door. And like, forget it. I'm done. I haven't even left the first world yet. And I spent like 15. No, I'm done. Anyway. All right. With that, we're wrapped up. So I need to ask everybody, what are you going to play this week? Emmanuel Marino, what will you be playing? Uh, I think I'm going to... Maybe some massive chalice and some just cause on June first. But until then, I've been really I'm kind of don't want to start a big RPG so close to E3. So what I think I'm going to do is play Black Ops Two, which I've been wanting to replay for a while. Nice, Cod Blops Two. Yeah, I, I want to try the other path because you know I had like this branching storyline. No, I don't remember. I didn't play it. So. No. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I just want to try it. Cool. Alice, what will you be playing? Uh, I will probably be playing more Assassin's Creed, and I will be investigating my TV antenna ship, if I can get one. Uh, Alice, have you tried any of the co-op yet? Uh, yes, I have, actually. Uh, I remember one of the complaints was that it didn't do enough with the the uh, French Revolution setting, and I think those people didn't try the co-op, because all of the revolutionary stuff is in the co-op. Like, directly dealing with uh, inciting riots or protecting... Uh, protecting uh, protesters or assassinating this person or all that kind of stuff it all happens in the co-op mission so if you want more of that revolutionary flavor you have to engage directly with that oh, anyway. great. 
But yeah, it's pretty enjoyable. I like the ca- um, character customization as well. Yeah, I, I, I went full Napoleon. <laughs> no, I'll just say that. You get the hand and the shirt and everything? No, just the, the uniforms. Oh, okay. Anna Marie, what will you be playing? Um, definitely Record Keeper. And definitely more Puzzles and Dragons Z. And I think I might buy Atelier Aisha now that it's on sale. Cool. Because I've kind of been jonesing for another Atelier game. Okay. And uh, therefore, I will not be playing my Vita anytime soon. You could play the Vita TV. <laughs> That's uh, what it's there for. Anna, I've got something much more interesting to do. It is my birthday on June 15th, and my wife has given me my birthday present early. And many, many computer parts. I will be putting together a new PC today. Yay! With a GeForce 970 and, and new processor. <gasps> you, bought a, you got a card now before DirectX 11 cards shipped? Yeah, I did. Or is it 12? Yeah, I mean, RTX 12. You're talking about yeah, 12? Yes. The thing that you don't out. need. Yeah. Because, I mean, the most recent, and it's going to be a while before there's a new good card from NVIDIA in that area. Um, yeah. And it, when, when it comes out, I'll buy it and give the 970 to Anna, and she'll be very happy. Yay! Right. As long as you have a plan, it's all good. Yeah, we do have a plan. So um, I, I'm not worried about it because NVIDIA is more focused on crazy $1,000 Titan Xs and Titan Zs right now. So. And their their NVIDIA Shield tablet just came out. Their uh, 4K set-top box. Yeah, that's cool. I saw that. I don't know that I have any use for it whatsoever. But I thought it's, it was neat. It's, it's a fancy Apple TV, and it's, except uh, I/O instead of uh, Apple backend, it's Android, Google backend. Hmm. So if you yeah. want to watch the non-existent 4K content on your TV and play the occasional streaming game and Android game with a controller... That's what it's for. I mean, the streaming game stuff is kind of cool, except, of course, I have an HDMI cord run from my PC already to my TV. Uh-huh. Um, so the question is, what use do I have for that? And the answer is not much, because I can't just do an AirPlay to it like I could with an actual app. Yeah, TV. you could. You can Chromecast it. What? Oh, yeah. to the... Oh, it supports the thing that Chromecast... Okay. Yeah. So if you got Chromecast support, it works? All right. That's yeah, neat. pretty much. So there you no, go. That, that works for many things. Um, I guess one of the advantages of buying a new set-top box would be to get an Apple TV because then it would work with the things that don't support Chromecast. But, all right, fair enough. You got me. Bye-bye, Birdie. I was looking at a bird drinking some water. All right, bye-bye, podcast people. Thanks, everybody, for watching us. If you'd like to contribute to the show, there are a few ways for you to do so. Podcast at rpgamer.com is the email address. 608-729-4098 is the phone number, and we'll play your voicemail right here on the show. Of course, you can attach an MP3 pile mp3 file to an email and we'll play that too and if none of those are good for you we got a message forum called forums.rpgamer.com and you can go check that out there um follow chris on periscope so you can watch him build his pc live sabin1001 is my twitter (laughs) handle i could periscope that i don't know why i'd periscope that but i could periscope that Hmm. well anyway um so that's the that's my day is uh pc part picking and then I'm going to go play Witcher 2 in Ultra instead of High. Ooh. And follow me on Twitter. So when I complain to companies, they'll listen to me because I have a lot of followers. <laughs> That's how it works. Marino E-M. M-E-R-I-N-O-E-M. Continue sending us in your E3 predictions and the stuff you'd like to see because we, we keep wanting to get hyped for the E3 hype train. And Woo-woo! with that, we'll see you next week. Probably not on Saturday. Um, we're usually broadcast live 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Saturdays, but not next week. Um, it'll be a different time. Maybe not live streamed at all, but the show should still happen because it's just too much stuff going on right now to skip the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. And 
we'll see you live two weeks from now, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Nope. Yes. Wait, yes. yes. And uh, until then, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. F-U, F-U. F-U, F-U.